PFT Media. Thank you so much for checking out Scotch and Good Conversation. I am your host. My name is Peter. Sitting across from me on the blue couch is no one because stupid uh, coronavirus, but calling in from Chicago is Evan. Hey, man, how are you? Very well, man. Very well. How are you doing? I am I am good. I am fascinated with Chicago. I spent, um, I want to say about six days there. About two years ago, I was up the street from a pizza place that brewed beer owned by one of the guys in Cheap Trick. I think Rick Nielsen had a hand in it. I think it was called Pie. Does that sound familiar? Oh, you were at Peace in Wicker Park. Peace. Yeah, I was in. Wait, I knew it was a, a hipster kind of cool section of town, and uh, I, uh, I, I really liked it. I don't pretend to understand how you deal with it during the winter, but I, I dig me some Chicago. <laughs> well, it's because you live in Orlando. You don't know what winter is. No, I mean, I, 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 I've seen cold. You know, I've been in the snow. I've snowboarded. I, I've traveled. I, you know, I've, I've got layers. <laughs> I moved to Chicago in my 20s and, um, you know, like late teens. Well, I was here for a little bit in my late teens and then came back in my 20s. And, um, you know, there have been some years where they're absolutely, the winter is just fucking brutal. It's completely miserable. Um, but they're lately, and this is, you know, I don't know if this is something like a sign of global warming <laughs> or something, but we've had, we've had some really, really mild winters lately, like almost in like a, a like really creepy way where like, you know, it'll be, a majority of like 40s to 60s which really isn't that bad no that's and that's, then our that's summers, workable yeah and our summers are absolutely the same like they they're like right now i think the hottest day we've had has been like 87 oh. which is <laughs> so like now like that's, i've been I've been telling friends, I'm like, I'm like, yo, yeah, dude, like Chicago feels like Los Angeles. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta come out here. You know, it's like rainy for a couple months, you know, like in the springtime, it rains a little bit, but like, you know, the, the Midwest, there's like something to be said about a Midwest thunderstorm. They're just so beautiful and awesome. And, um, you know, and I'm just like telling friends, I'm like, you know, rent's cheap and there's cool art and, you know, like, and even now it's like, you know, Illinois response to coronavirus was like one of the best of any of the states. Good like, for you guys. You know, and like stuff kind of like somewhat going back to normal just a little bit over yeah. here you know like there's jobs there's jobs and like the the tech sector is growing and stuff and so it's like you know trying to convince buddies to move here because it's such a i i think it's a great place to live but like you know it's it's definitely really interesting i, I feel like it's a myth almost about how brutal the winters are because like i get it but lately it's really like not been a thing and the whole global warming thing is really working out for you guys yeah it's it's great that's what i'm saying and, and you know we're like we're right by a giant fresh water you know, yeah you guys are like, like it's like an ocean like right yeah here. yeah exactly so like you know i was like in my mind i'm kind of like man we're like maybe 
a little bit better set up for when shit hits the fan than a lot of other people. It's a stunningly (laughs) beautiful city. Like it really is. It's if you guys didn't have big Trump tower, right? Smack dab in the middle, it would be perfect. I came here because of the music scene. That was like my big attraction. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and I was so young when I'm 35 now. So it's like, I've, I've lived here full time for over 12 years at this point. And so, you know, seeing it change so drastically during that time. And, and, you know, now I'm in like a way different part of my life where it's like, I have a, you know, a grown up job and, you know, I, I, I'm not taking a, I'm not doing, you know, living like beyond my means anymore as like a young <laughs> scumbag 20 year old, but like, um, but so, you know, but it's, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's easily one of my favorite places. I've been all over the world and it's like, in terms of just having everything you would want out of a big city, like, they, like, and that's how I describe it. Like, my sister lives in Ridgewood. She lives in Queens. And, uh, you know, and it's kind of, and she loves New York, and I get it. Like, I get why people would really dig New York. I get why people would really dig L.A. And it's like, for the way I would describe Chicago, it's like, it's got everything that you'd want out of New York and L.A. without all the hustle and the bustle and the, like, stuff that would drive you nuts about New York and L.A. and I'd also, like, half the price. Real quick, these are three things that I know about you. This is what we do here. I surprise you with three things that I know about you. And, and <laughs> okay, we, uh, we alluded to this a little bit. In a perfect world, if the stars align and everything, the universe just lines up, I'm driving to Gainesville at the end of October, or the beginning of November to see you play Fest. You, you're in like three bands, but one of your bands is playing Fest in Gainesville at the end of November uh, and end of October. Talk about that real quick or take your time. Uh, yeah. So, so actually, um, you know what, uh, you know, I hate to burst your bubble. Oh here, no, Peter, but, <laughs> it's um, not happening. Depending on because, because <laughs> of when this is, because when this is airing on actually on Monday, they are, uh, on Monday the 6th, they are canceling. Fest. Oh fuck. <laughs> so I know, I know. So they're, they're it's the only thing to, we uh, have. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you know what happened was, you know, and this is, uh, it's just the truth mm-hmm. is they sent around a, they sent around a questionnaire to all the bands playing. So I, I had two bands playing personally, Pet Symmetry and Into It Over It were both going to play. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, Eric from Pet Symmetry was playing in three bands. He was doing Mush. He plays in this band Mush. He plays in Ki- this band Kitty Hawk. He was doing Pet Symmetry. Um, you know, and so they sent around this questionnaire that was just kind of like, hey, like, what's everybody's comfort level with doing this thing? You know, they, they kind of they put it in the hands of the bands and, like, I think wanted to get a vibe for, yeah. like, if people were going to bail. And, uh, and I didn't respond, actually. I was just kind of like, you know, at this point, it hadn't really – this was a couple weeks ago, and, you know, like, the – the country as a whole hadn't begun to like spike again yet. And, and I was just kind of like along for the ride because we were going to do a tour down to fest with the fan sincere engineer that we're friends with, which um, Adam who drums and into it over it is also the drummer for sincere engineer. And it was going to be like the first tour that into it over done in three years. Minute, like yeah. we haven't, we haven't played any shows, um, you know? And so uh, we had it all planned. We were like getting everything in line and that email went out and it was kind of like, you know, if you were in a band and you got that email, you were just like, okay, like something, something's about to happen. And and the reason I imagine it was is because like what's so cool about Fest is that it's filled with just great people yeah. who are very well, very well informed and very passionate about social issues and what's happening globally. And it's, um, it's a great learning space. There's a lot of, you know, listening and, and communicating and just like talking about social issues, especially this year, which like, there are so many social issues to talk about this year. <laughs> we got tons. And so, um, 
you know, and it's not, it's not like a butt rock festival. It's not like you're going to see like fucking trapped or something, you know, like you're going, you're going to see like some, some really like well-educated folks, like sing about stuff they're really passionate about, talk about stuff they're really passionate about. Um, I mean, you're also there to like drink some PBRs and see your buddies. Right. But like, you know, there's, there's uh, a lot more to it than that. And so I think with a festival like that specifically, it's filled with people um, who are performing who really are, you know, passionate about people, you know, not wanting their peers to get sick and like yeah. not wanting people to, it's a good to thing. come to this thing that yeah. is like, like way bigger than everybody. So, you know, it's a responsible thing to do. It's a safe thing to do. And I also think that if they had tried to press forward with it, it would have really lost Tony a lot of money. Yeah. Like, Tony who runs the fest. I, that's my opinion. That's not, no, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, it's it's totally cool. You know, I, I am. Uh, I but, and quite frankly, know, I'm so sorry to burst your bubble here, Peter. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have drove any. I was lying. <laughs> I'm a 52 year old man. Know, like, I ain't driving know, to Gainesville. <laughs> but if it's a, but you know, if it's a, if it's a, if it makes you feel better, the same the same exact lineup pretty much has confirmed to do the following year. Good. So, All right. Um. So, so Into It Over's gonna play next year, and Tetson's gonna play next year, and. uh you know, it's, it's all in line for us to be able to, uh, you know, do that at a time where it's a little more safe and responsible for everybody to be there. And that being said, you know, like, I don't know how much we're going to be touring in the fall. Like there, we have plans because like, we're, you know, just in announcing a record and there's, uh, you know, stuff that's kind of in the works where it's like, you know, I've kind of been doing my own thing for a little bit. And so, you know, we had, plans to do a whole lot of stuff this year i mean not a whole lot it's like within reason but like now that we're all grown-ups but like um you know there were plans there and it's like still like then you know like how much is there a desire to play shows in like half cap rooms where like maybe people have to get like temperature checked on the way in not, and like and to risk you your know, life and, doing it and your livelihood it, and, and on top of the traveling yeah. and all the bullshit that goes into touring it, it's it's just it's a good decision i'd rather have you guys back next year like you know it, it's yeah it's like i yeah I, I mean i can't first of all i i'm not first i was having a conversation with a with a couple friends the other day about this and i feel like there's there's four aspects to being in a band, right? Like there's, there's like, there's tons of aspects to being in a band, but there's four like really like touchstone aspects. And it's, it's, uh, it's writing music, recording music, performing music and practicing music. And those are the, those are the four big ones. And I got to say in order for me, like my, my ranking from favorite to least favorite is writing, recording, performing, practicing. <laughs> so I'm already, you know, already performing is at like a solid C, C minus yep. <laughs> yep. for me, you know, in terms of like a graded scale. And then it's like, you're going to do that and also throw in like the potential of like harming the people that are there to see you yeah. as well as like harming yourself. You know, and good for you, because I noticed you just said harming the people that are there to see you before you said harming yourself. And that just shows that you have integrity and character, sir. So, so thank you from, from being a fan of live music. You didn't even notice you did it, but I I noticed. So you're looking out for, I mean, I thought, you know, like I, like that would be soul crushing, you know, like if you could imagine, like, I I think about like, uh, you know, and this is like such a different example, but like, I couldn't imagine being a band that would play like a massive festival. And then like, you know, you've seen those stories about like stages collapsing or like barriers, barricades being destroyed. And it's like thinking that you were in a position to be able to, they like stop that from happening. You know, like you're in a position to make a responsible decision or like 
recognize an issue before it started and then just missing something or like being negligent, you know, it's like, that's not why we're in a band, you know, like, and that's, and that may be a different perspective for me than versus a lot of other people, because like the truth is like, I don't need to be in a band to, to survive right now. And Good. so like the band is the, is the fun part. That's supposed <laughs> to be like the release and like the, the exciting thing I get to do with my friends. It shouldn't be the, like the, the stressor or like the thing where I have to like be concerned about the, the, the uh, methods in which I like perform music like that, that to me, is just immediately eliminating the whole reason why we're doing it. It sucks. It sucks all the fun out of it. Like, absolutely. Like, exactly. I, I've been saying in, in the hierarchy of things that I want to do since March that I haven't been able to do. And keep in mind, I'm a 52 year old man who's seen every band he's ever wanted to see, except yours. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I want to go, go to brunch. And, and I want to go see live music again. Like that, that's, that's, that's the hierarchy. And I want to sit at a bar at around one o'clock in the afternoon with like kind of a cool afternoon buzz. And then I want to go home and take a nap in my hammock. Yeah. I'm, I may be, I may be a little jealous of you because I, you know, we live in the city and we, you know, we have like a little, we're really fortunate. We live on like a, a kind of like a boulevard yeah. area. So like, if you look at our, our window, we have like a big, you know, green space where we can hang out, but it's not like our That's, porch that's fairly rare. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, uh, and so, you know, like for me, I'm imagining, I can only imagine, you know, and I, and I want to hear you, uh, fill me in after I, after I pitch this to you, but I can only imagine that your situation in Orlando potentially has a porch or a backyard. And that's the thing that I'm like, if I'm hoping, A, I'm hoping that that's the case. And B, if that is the case, I'm extremely jealous. Dude, I got fountains. <laughs> I've got tennis courts. I've, no, I, I, um, I, I live in a house built in uh, 1959. We have one bathroom, three bedrooms. What we do have is a big backyard with a deck in it and a tree. And we, yeah, we, awesome. we spend a lot of time in the backyard. A dog just runs around and we, fortunately under the tree, it's about 10 degrees cooler than it is everywhere else in this stupid oh, swamp lake state totally. and I, I, I probably go out there four or five times with a day with the dog and hang out and uh it is the saving grace during this thing to be able to, to Do you like, have a fire pit out there no you know we're not we, we tried to be fire pit people when we first moved to the house and i think we had it for like three or four years <laughs> and we used it twice it, we're not a fire oh. pit because I, I, I'm an Eagle Scout man. Like I've made some fires. Like you know, sure. I, I am. I'm. I can. I can make a fire with the best. Of, I taught Wilderness Survival Merit Badge. I know how to make a fire in a pinch. <laughs> but but uh, I um, we're not. We don't really need a fire pit. And when you make a fire in Florida, usually everybody just kind of walks around it and throws cigarette butts in it. And like, it's, I I want one. I want to be in a place where there's fire pits. I I want to enjoy, I don't even enjoy roasted marshmallows that much. We burn candles every now and then, but that brings up the heat. Also, you alluded uh, to a new record. Did you say new record? I did. I did. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been, uh, I've been working on something for the last, um, pretty much, well, I guess now over, over three years at this point. And, um, you know, and, and so we, you know, or actually we started writing in May, May of 2017. And it's, um, it was a long road, a long journey. We built a studio here. We, you know, I kind of, for a long time, wasn't sure if I was ever going to make another record. I, I kind of gone through some pretty, um, you know, poignant, you know, big life stuff involving just like personal, personal shit at the end of 2016. Actually, it was like shortly after Trump won the election and 
it was a really good signal for me to, uh, you know, really just like step back and take a break. It was, it was kind of like, you know, we've been touring the version, the last version of Into It Over that existed had toured so long and so hard that when Trump had won, you know, and I've told the story a few times. So if my, if my girlfriend's in like the other room, she's probably so sick of hearing me tell the story. My wife is in the other room hearing (laughs) my story. So we're in the same thing. (laughs) But so, you know, we, we were in Europe, we were in Berlin and watched the election happen. And, um, you know, and it was, uh, we went to bed and Hillary was in the lead and we woke up and we saw that Trump had won. And then we had a 12 hour drive to Prague the following day. <laughs> At least you're going and, to Prague. Uh, this That's was cool. in the middle. This, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, right. But I like was in Florida, so. <laughs> <You know. laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and we had friends who were here, you know, and like kind of getting like the, the perspectives of people yeah. like back here in the city, you know. And, um, and so, you know, during that trip, during that drive the following day, we, we had, you know, an internal discussion. And Josh, who was the drummer of the band for years, we wrote standards together. He's one of my best friends, just announced that, you know, on that drive, basically, that he couldn't do the band anymore. Oh. And it was essentially just the fact that like, and it wasn't like he didn't want to, it was, just, you know, like Life. at that point, we were all in our, we were in our early thirties. Rodrigo was in his like mid to late thirties at that point. And, you know, we'd been living beyond our means. We were broke. We'd have to come home from tours and, uh, you know, get, you know, I, I thankfully, um, well, really, I wasn't the one who had, who had been doing this at the time, but like the dudes would have to come home and get gigs to like supplement their time when they were at home. I was coming home from that tour, basically like 20, 30 grand in debt. And, um, and so we ended, we ended 2016 on that note, uh, essentially had one final tour in, uh, we got to go to Japan right, right before the end of the year. It actually wound up being like our best tour we had ever done. So it felt like a really good way to kind of like put it to rest for a little while. And, um, but essentially, like, we ended the year, I was in, yeah, like, 25, 30 grand in debt. Uh, shortly after the new year had begun, I'd gotten a career. And then, like, 15 days after starting a new job, my partner of, and I of eight years broke up. Oh. And it was of, and it was of my making. It was, it was my fuck up. I, okay. okay. You know, own yeah. that. Well, was, good for you. For so, your don't don't you know, do that again, man. Like, whatever you did, like, learn well, from that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, it basically had just come to a point where it was, like, you know, I'd really dug myself into a hole, a hole of my making. And, um, you know, and we had kind of tried to, I just needed a moment to step away. It was getting to the, it was getting to the point where if I didn't take a break and reevaluate. You were going to break. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that, see, that's, that's a sign of a mature, smart human being. Like you can't do something like that full time, man. You, you need to stop, breathe, look around, reevaluate and redesign. And it sounds like that's where you are and you are bringing out a new record. So bravo. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, I mean, so we, you know, we took, I took a long pause. Um, you know, I got with a new drummer, basically Josh, who was leaving the band, you know, he's still one of my best friends. We, we groomed, um, you know, we kind of, we saw this dude, Adam, who was playing drums and he was actually, Adam was the drummer uh, of the opening band at the very last show that Josh played, which the very last show that we played as a band was at the Metro here in Chicago. Nice. And um, so Adam's band opened that show and Josh and I were talking and I was like, yo, I think like, I think Adam might be the guy. Like he's, he's, you know, he fits the part. He is a good drummer who can play the stuff. Like I, he wants to do it, you know, like, what do you think? And Josh, you know, gave his blessing. He was, you know, pretty psyched on the idea and he likes Adam a lot. And so, 
um, they had been working together on some creative stuff together. Like they were basically like giving each other drum lessons, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> they were like getting together a couple days a week and like teaching each other shit. And, uh, and so, you know, Josh vouched for it. We thought it was a good idea. And, um, you know, so Adam and I started getting together that following May. And even then I was really skeptical about, about even doing it at all. Like I was, it was kind of like, you know, let's see how this goes. Let's see, you know, if, if this is like feeling good, if it, you know, if it works out. So the first day that we got together, we wrote a song, which is, which is really rare for me. I, I, you know, something you should know about Into It Over, during the course of the band, there's been seven different drummers. And so, <laughs> like, you know, I've, I've seen... Here's Spinal Tap. Well, you know, some, some of them, it's not their fault. You know, oh, yeah, like, none of them imploded or whatever. Yeah, yeah, none of them, none of them blew up. None of them turned into, like, green, green jelly or anything like that. But so, you know, but the thing was, you know, the project itself started as a recording project. And so with that came, you know, like, just basically finding friends to be like, hey, look, like, I got to, you know, I'm recording the song. Will you just play drums on this track for me? Because I, I need someone to, like, come and play. And then, and you know, my buddies, they're so fucking rad. They would just be like, yeah, totally. You know, like, I'll, I'll come play. You know, like we'd rehearse a couple times and then work on a tune together. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so Adam, it's very rare that I could sit down with a drummer and in the first time of us getting together, be able to like hash out, hash out a real idea. And so, you know, recognizing that out of Adam right away, it was like, okay, this, this is actually a pretty good thing. And so we kept getting together over the course of the year and basically over the course of two years, demoed out about 30 songs. Wow. And, um, yeah. And so, and it's the most material I've ever done since doing 52 weeks. I'm going to say, cause and you so, can write a song. I, I know you've written like a song a week for a year, which is impressive. I can't write a sentence a week you. for a year. Yeah. <laughs> But you can do a podcast a week for a year. Yeah, but I tell you, monkeys can do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is easy. Any, anybody with a microphone can make a podcast. And look, there's millions of them. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it takes a special talent to be able to talk to people. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Um, I'm fairly drunk so, right now. You know, and so... <laughs> yeah, what kind of scotch are you drinking? By I'm not actually not. There, there's there's five bottles of scotch across from me right now, but it, it's eight o'clock at night. So normally scotch happens around ten thirty. You should have pushed this back. You got really drunk, Peter. I'm, I'm rocking. A, I'm rocking some wine right now. It's a John Mark Avant Courier from Sonoma County. Ooh. And uh, you know what? I when you know not to get too off topic, but during the quarantine, I actually signed up for a uh, oh, you're a wine, wine club. Oh, which, I want to be a wine club guy. Yeah. You're the coolest man. Like that's yeah. Dude, it's, I gotta say, it's like because we were doing. Uh, well, I, all right, all right, we're gonna we're gonna take a step off side, step off to the side. That's fine. That's what we do. It's podcasting. Yeah we, yeah, we were we were we were uh, you know we were going to Trader Joe's a lot, and mm-hmm. Trader Joe's actually has a great wine selection. It's like really good, and you know what? The reason why is because I had a friend who worked there for a long time. Basically, they they basically get overstock or. Um, yeah, they basically get overstock wines from really good distilleries and then buy them in bulk so they can sell them at like really super discount prices. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking and you and you know what you're talking, like you know what you're looking for, you can find really good shit there for super good prices. So we started doing that, and we were we were basically going through, um, you know, also like quarantine sitting, and so we were trying to just buy as much wine as we could every <laughs> time we went. So we would so we would leave Trader Joe's with like. 17 bottles of wine and it was like, it was like you know like an extra box it's like a, with, it's like a headache like, yeah, in a, in a box like, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long month isn't it you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. jokes and shit but so then so then the quarantine uh the coronavirus got worse here yeah and so what started happening was um trader joe's eventually started 
you know, you'd have to wait in line to get into the store. And you, oh. They'd only let a certain amount of people in at once. And so it kind of became this thing where Alex and I, Alex is my girlfriend, we, um, we were both like, all right, what can we do to begin shopping for ourselves without us having to leave the house? And, you know, and without, uh, you know, her and I are both incredibly fortunate in this moment. We both have jobs right now. We're yep. both still employed. Us and too. so, you know, we, and we recognize, we recognize that privilege. Yep. And part of that is to, is to make sure we're not clogging up the ecosystem. You know, like we're, we're quarantined, you know, like we are quarantining, we're quarantining hard and we're not going to like be out in the open and like fucking walking around without a mask and like, you know, taking up space on in the city when it's like, it's not our place. Like we're not essential workers. We don't need to be out there. Good. So like, you know, it's up, to, it's up to us to be responsible. So like with that, we're like, okay, well, what can we do to limit, you know, how much we're shopping? And so part of that was like, well, you know, we're buying all this fucking wine. Like, <laughs> like, what can we do where we could like spend the same amount of money? So now you're making wine. Go, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We don't have to go to like Binnie's or like fucking, you know, some shit like that to like, Cause like, just because we're home doesn't mean we don't want to like, you know, get, get a buzz drunk. on everything. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, so I started doing, you know, I don't know if you're, if you're people are allowed to like talk about brands and stuff in your oh, knock yourself out. They yeah. are, they should give you a fuck. They should give you a kickback. There should be some sort of affiliate program for you right now because I've been doing first leaf and it's the shit. <laughs> it is so cool. Um, and if anybody wants my affiliate code, just fucking hit me. <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it in the show. I'll, I'll put it in the show I'll notes. Get, yeah, I'll it'll mail, be it'll be perfect. I'll mail I'll mail Peter's I'll mail Peter some wine. You'll be doing him a favor. You'll be doing me a favor. We've um, uh, I've got know. a really good spot uh, Scott sponsor uh, at Compass Box Whiskey. I'll talk about them later on. And, and I, I'm really fortunate that they they keep our bar fairly stocked here. And we yeah. we we did the um, where we have people shop for us. Uh, a couple times and I'm just neurotic as hell. And I felt like everything smelled like cigarettes and was covered in coronavirus. And, and sure. I, I, so like today I went out and went shopping and I went to target and it was a thing. Like, and I, I almost had a nervous breakdown at one point point. I called my wife and she assured me that I'd be able to get home and I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to die. And I, yeah, um, I no, I'm not fine, dude. <laughs> I, 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 li I, I literally got in an argument with somebody this afternoon, and, and I'm not that guy. I don't argue with people, but I, I, right. I, I got in a yelling argument with somebody who wasn't wearing a mask, and she was clogging up the line, checking her receipt, and she literally screamed, "I hope the terrorists kill you!" As she was in the parking lot, and, and wow. I, and I'm not, I, I'm. I'm not a Christian person, but I screamed, God bless you as she walked away and she was cursing at me and telling, and, and like, and that's where we are. And, and I called my wife and, and I was like, am I the bad person? Because I said, Hey, Absolutely. but I, I said, Hey, you're kind of blocking things up. And then I noticed she wasn't wearing a mask. And I said, and you're not wearing a mask. And it was just kind of just, the, it was this gut instinct. Like how, how fucking yeah. dare you, you know? Right. No one, I didn't see a single person in the store not wearing a mask except this lady. And she was literally yeah. kind of like, if there was a funnel out the door, she was sitting there checking her receipt. And there was people behind me and I spoke up and man, I, and I feel like such a shit tar like for doing it. But mm -hmm. Aditi was like, you know, you're fine. You probably shouldn't have said the mask thing. And then I was like, she was kind of looking <laughs> to have, because also one of the things I screamed was good luck voting Trump. And she said, of course I'm voting Trump. And I said, I know you are. 
And that's kind yeah, of where of we, <laughs> but that's where we, we spread things out. When can we find the new record? When, when, when is it available? How can I buy it? Uh, where, where can we find it? Um, so I'll be, um, well, that was a good pivot there. Thanks. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> it's what I do. And I'm fairly drunk. I really am. So th- it's what I do. I'm the, wait, so, you, wait till uh, we get into this shit, man. I'm, I'm pivoting like crazy. Well, <laughs> so, you know, I, um, like I said, I, I took some time away. I, uh, you know, we finished the LP and, you know, and it's been so long since <laughs> I've been, you know, it was also like, there are other things too that made it really uh, make a lot of sense for me to kind of like take a step back. And one of, one of those big things was, that my contract with Triple Crown at the time, which was the label that had done Intersections and Standards, which were the last two records I'd put out, mm-hmm. my contract after Standards had been fulfilled. So I wasn't under any kind of contractual obligation. I wasn't like, I didn't need to fulfill any, uh, you know, commitments that I had made. It just made a lot of sense for that to be the moment to like take a chill pill. And so, um, you know, but with that, you know, when you go to re-enter, like, you know, and I sound like such a fucking, you know, boomer right now, but it's just like <laughs> fucking the music, the music industry is a young person's game. And I am, you know, I'm at that point where it's like, I went away for a couple of years and everything's fucking completely different. So shopping a record alone at this time in 2020 is so much different than shopping a record, even like how it used to be in 2016. And so, you know, I was sending the record around and, and kind of seeing what my options were and, uh, you know, and Fred at Triple Crown has always been a super longtime supporter of mine and um, really old friend and really great person. And so we worked out a deal where, um, you know, it's also important to note that when we made this record, we'd, uh, we built a studio ourselves that Adam is a, uh, a recording engineer. Nice. And so me and him and a, and a few other friends, we basically kind of worked with a whole bunch of people from the local Chicago community to to record the record, to play on the record, to take care of the art. It was like really the most collaborative into it over record that's really ever existed because formerly it, I mean, and historically it's always just been me pretty much guiding a ship. And even before then, you know, on, on records like intersection standards proper, where there were producers involved, I was still really the one making like the, the utmost like super final decisions. And this was the first record where I really relinquished control in exchange for, working with other people and, and making it a completely collaborative experience. That's gotta so feel good though. Up, like in, it did. It felt, yeah. it felt so good. And look you know at you, you're, and, you're you know working well with other children. Look at you. <laughs> well, you know what's part of that is honestly, like I hadn't had a real job in, <laughs> I hadn't had a real job since my early 20s. Me neither. And there's something to be said about the, uh, which is so weird. It's something to be said about the collaboration of like working in an office and working on a team and then being able to translate that attitude towards your actual creative pursuits. And especially where I work, which is like full of creative people. And a lot of those people who I work with, uh, worked on the record. So, you know, it's, um, you know, kind of took that attitude and applied that to Into It Over It. And part of that, I think, too, was, you know, when you play, it's, you know, and I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, it's really hard to recreate the feeling of being in a band for the first time. And, like, once you've done it and you've pursued it, it's like, you. it's really hard to get that back. It's heroin. And, I mean, I guarantee it. Like, if you talk, if you talk to bands that have been bands for a really long time, and it seems like they're just going through the motions, let me tell you, somebody who kind of was getting there, who maybe already has started doing that, you kind of are. Oh. And it's like you're you're focusing on you're focusing on your writing and your creativity in order to get to the next step. 
which is a lot different than focusing on your art and creativity just because simply you want to focus on your artwork and your creativity. And I remember making a lot of really terrible decisions and doing a lot of stupid things, both creatively and professionally, because it was like, you know, when you're pursuing music in that way, you'll, you'll start saying yes to stuff or agreeing to do things or working with certain people or, uh, you know, just for, because you know you need to pay your rent and there has to be something there to, to take up your schedule. You know, instead of like being able to just relax and enjoy it and just be excited that you can do it. And so that was a big part about this. And that was a big part about, you know, the way that this was approached, the decision to start doing it again was getting to a point where it could feel exciting the way that it did the very first time and being able to treat it like, you know, there is no, there's nothing riding on it. There's no like success level or like, am I going to be mad if some reviewer gives it a fucking, you know, <laughs> Two, two out of five or like, you know, am I going to like worry about what so-and-so fan not being, not to say that I, I, you know, would don't care about my fans. I absolutely do. But it's like, you should be, artists should be creating for themselves and not for the people that, um, not, not for the fans. I I totally get that. Trust me. It's a a reciprocal feeling. The the artist creates art and the fan is along for the ride to me, you know, and that's, and that being said, there are bands that I fucking love and that doesn't mean I love all their records. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't mean that I love all their, the things that they've made. I don't, I maybe don't, you know, like a, a really good example, which I, you know, is someone who I've kind of carried with me as a, as an influence um, for most of my life, probably since I was a, a, like in my, in like elementary school is someone like Beck. Right. And like, I'm not, I don't sign up for his like fucking Scientology bullshit, but as far as like a creative entity, he makes, He's made dozens of records, and, and none and, of them sound the same. Yeah, and some of them they are all, not great at all. Yeah, I'm I'm on board yeah, exactly. with Beck. Yeah, you know, yeah. But he but does like, whatever the I fuck mean, he wants to core, do too. Then and, and that's the thing is he makes love, what he I makes. Yeah, I I've always said like, or like fucking or like fucking Bowie. You know, like David Bowie. He's like <laughs> absolutely example of an yep. artist who just does what he wants. You know, and like and I mean one of my favorite bands ever of all time and it's you know it's just cuz I grew up I was a grunge kid it's like it's fucking Pearl Jam I yeah. love Pearl Jam yep, I don't love all their I don't love all their albums cuz like, they're not good some of them are not band. great records <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, so, they're pretentious you know, and bullshit records but they did whatever they wanted to do and they did it by their own set of rules that they didn't do MTV exactly. they didn't do interviews they did, they just kind of went we're here they threw it out the wall and if if you loved it that was fine and if it stuck there and dried and became nothing it was also fine with them but in the end they learned from yeah. it and created more art boom nailed it and they're still the best they're still like one of the best live live bands of all Absolutely time. yeah you know, I, like who genuinely genuinely care about the people that like their yep. band and and have respect for why they're doing it you know and it's like and so that was the goal it was like what can we do to recreate the feeling of being in a band for the first time. And if it's going to be a chore, if it's going to feel like a chore, then we're not going to do it. It's not because fun. That's not yeah. the point. It, it'll yeah. show in your work so, too. And that's, that's the problem is if, if, if you're phoning it in, you're, you're, I, I, I keep saying listeners, your fans are going to, your, your fans are going to notice you're phoning it in and it's going to know man. Yeah. they're, they're not, they're not dumb. You know, like they, they see it. They can see your attitude when you when you walk out on that stage and you talk. The second words leave your mouth, they know whether or not you want to be there. And yep. that's like that to me is like number one thing that frustrates me. Good for you. Not number one thing, but that's a, but that's the thing that super fucking frustrates me. If I'm watching a band and it looks like they don't want to be there, yep. holy shit, man! I could not like immediately. I'm just like, what the fuck? Why are you Especially here? Especially if like, you paid to get in what? that room too. And that's that's the frustrating thing. So so good for you for taking that responsibility 
to heart. <laughs> you know, no, and, and a Celtic gun blowing smoke up your ass, and you're, and I, I, I sense, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I sense a little like, you, like you're, you're shy about this in, in that, that, you know, I, 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 I always say that this podcast is the, the most like a uh, kind of like self-serving thing I've ever done. I just want to talk to people like this, this whole thing's sure. about me. Like, I, you know, I want to, I want, <laughs> I want it like Matt, that man, I, I dig his band, you know, so I'm going to talk to him and I dig, I dig sure. that, that writer. I'm going to talk to them. And, and I've, I've managed to figure out that some people want to listen to what I'm saying. And some people might like to talk to the, listen to the people that I'm talking to, but ultimately like this is a selfish, selfish fucking podcast. Like, and I can't believe anybody, anybody's fucking listening to it. Did, did you answer? Well, I mean, I mean, art, art in and of itself is fucking selfish. I mean, that's the, that's the whole point. And it you should to, be. It, be, to, be to, yeah. <laughs> because if you got, if, on display. at the end, like when you go, it, this is done. That's, that's the worst part of the creative process. You know, like, oh my God, now other people have to look at it or listen to it or, or, you know, taste it chefs or, you know, or people who, who make wine or anything, any of that kind of stuff is art. And at that last letting it go for the world to look at it. I, I, oh, it, it, every, every week, once a week, and you've done this once a week, you've done it once a week, you know, that it, it's, yeah. it's terrifying. Like it, It's like, oh my oh, God, yeah. people are going to judge me and you finally got to go, fuck it. I'm, I was happy exactly. and enough is enough. And that's, that's, that's where it got to. I was beginning to like, I was beginning to make so many, like the anxiety of <laughs> thinking about what other people were thinking about. Fuck them. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, I'm, I'm, it's I'm, like, that, and, but like when, especially with something that's like your, your, um, you know, and this is when we were touring, this is when we were like an active band and it's just like, you know, constantly hung up on like, you know, what was it good? Like, were we, were we good? Were we, was it okay? You know, like. Did, was the show good? You know, like talking to people and just like being self-deprecating and just worried all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I didn't, I didn't start writing songs to feel that way. Like no. I started writing songs because music, writing music brings me joy. And it's like, and, and, and to your point, like talking about like, you know, sharing your record with the world that you're right. It's like airing out your fucking dirty laundry. And it's like, are you, are you cozy seeing like having people see your fucking, you know, skid marks, terrible, <laughs> like stinky fucking <laughs> laundry, you know, like, I don't know, you know, and, and but it, everybody and has like, skid marks, dude. For me. Yeah, that's that's the thing. <laughs> Everybody's got poopoo in their underwear, man. And and that's why people are listening to your records. And that's why people listen to my podcast. And, you know, and that's that we, we all we're all going to die. All, all our shit smells bad. We all have good days. We all have yeah. bad days, you know, and if we can all just understand that and learn from each other, then it's it's. It, it's kind of worth doing and good for you for getting out there and, and going, yeah, I'm going to do it again because what you do yeah, has so, value. Thank you. Thank you. That's such a nice thing to hear. <laughs> okay. so, yeah, the record is called, the record is called figure. Okay. And, uh, and it's coming out on, it's coming out on triple crown and it, it actually, uh, it'll be released in September, but we're, um, you know, this will be out in this podcast is airing the 16th. The song, the first song is called living up to let you down. And that song is, uh, hitting on Friday the 10th with the album like pre-order. So, cool. uh, but it's a, a double LP. It's, um, <laughs> you know, clocking in just around 45 minutes. <laughs> Dude, and so it's, you know, it's, it's still only 12 songs, but it's, um, you know, that was kind of the thing which made it so nice was that, you know, getting back to the, uh, you know, us building the studio is that there was no label that had to like put money up front yeah. to make the record. 
we, we made it ourselves. We did it, we did it on our own. And then that, at that point we were able to like share it with, share it with people and see if people were interested. But with that, you know, there wasn't, I think about projects that I've worked on where there were a budget, you know, like where we had, we had money to make yeah. records. And when I think about what we got out of those experiences or what I got out of those experiences, or what, like me and Josh, when Josh was in the band or, um, Nick, who was the drummer before Josh, what he, what he got out of it when he was in the band in the bands. And so, you know, like thinking about what we were able to do on our own and what we were able to create on our own time under our own rules, like versus these experiences that I'd have, which I wouldn't trade for the world. Like there were some of the best, you know, like music experiences I've ever had, but like, you know, this was actually the most affordable record I'd ever made. Cool. And it's the, the best sounding one, I think of all of the ones that I've done. And so, you know, being able to look at that too and be like, yeah, like you don't need a fucking huge budget to make this, to make art, you know? And then like thinking about like Billie Eilish, you know, who's like this Grammy award-winning record where they made it in their fucking bedroom, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like thinking about stuff like that. Man, like what the day of the huge budget or like the, you know, like you need a producer, like those things are over. Yeah. Like you, just, you can take stuff into your own hands and, and it made it really fortunate for us where we were able to, license the record to triple crown so like i own my masters good. which is awesome it's a yeah. really good feeling good good for and, you um and so you know moving into the cycle we were able to kind of you know because of that we were able to do what we wanted with the artwork we were able to do what we wanted with the rollout we were able to hire the, the staff that we thought like were really like the, like the people that genuinely wanted to work on it we were able to like really use our resources for other things that you know kind of go along with putting out a record, but also just like stuff that we wanted to do. And that, um, it's pretty cool. This that's is, gotta be exciting. I've been yeah. I've got to say that that's, yeah. that that's gotta be exciting. And I imagine you're not sleeping much, but, uh, you know, looking at your, 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 your track record leads me to believe that this will be worth buying and I'll, there'll be links in the show notes for sure. And we'll, we'll plug it at the end. Thing number two, I know about you is you got a shit ton of vinyl, man. You, you've got like, you have, I, you have a record problem, and I used to have a record problem. So I, I feel like there might be have to is is your girlfriend online on okay with this? Was she there before the problem happened, or did she join it as you were building up this no, problem, they, or was she there when so, it was a mountain of vinyl like that smelled? Your, so does your house a, smell uh, like records? Because my, when my wife met me, she said does. my house smelled like records. <laughs> you know, so okay, so you know I that can, smell, yeah. Back there. So, um, so you know what? Um, I, you know, like I, so when I was in my late teens, I had, well, actually when I graduated high school, mm -hmm. I got accepted to go to Drexel for a music business program. Um, at the, there was a point at which we hit a crossroads where I decided mentally that I wasn't going to go to college. Okay. And so shortly after, shortly after that moment in which I had made my decision, I actually through networking and just meeting people around the Philadelphia area, wound up getting a job for a record distributor. And so at that point I had, uh, I had some vinyl at that point. I was 17, 18 years old. I didn't, I'd inherited some records from friends. I bought stuff at like, there was a, um, there was a shop on South street in Philadelphia. It was called the wooden shoe. And so the wooden shoe was like a, a political anarchist bookstore. That was, um, it's because it's still around now, but it's Sounds in a different perfect. location. Than yeah. Where it used yeah, to yeah. Be. yeah. It was right on South street. And so I would go there and just buy like hardcore records stuff on like ebullition and, and, um, like gravity, like just like really, 
interesting hardcore bands and stuff. I was going to shows all the time, so I was always picking up records at shows. And then uh, started working for the distributor and was able to start getting records at wholesale, which is um, it's a blessing. You know, that yeah. is a great way to fuel to fuel a problem when you're like yeah, it, in your late teens, still living with your parents and have kind of like indisposable income. So started buying up a ton of records there. Then uh, you know I would start touring. And when for the longest time, for the first like several years that I was touring, I was touring solo. And so when you're touring solo and you're somewhat making a similar amount of money as a band touring, oh, nice. it's <laughs> a lot easier. It's a lot easier to justify spending money on stupid shit. And I also had a job when I would come home. So I would, you know, I'd be on the road. I'd be making, you know, maybe a hundred dollars a night, but some nights would be better if yeah. like, I wound up selling merch or something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you go to the city and you, you're, I would tour in a car. I would tour in a, a Dodge Intrepid. And so I would just drive around like, what else are you going to do? Like I was already into records and shit. So I would go to record stores and just pick stuff up. So eventually we would just tour more, tour more, tour more, always traveling, always traveling, always traveling, never had kids, never had a, I didn't have student loans. So I just didn't have any like super over, overwhelming debt at any time you're me and um, you, you are me with a bigger record collection <laughs> <laughs> well so you know so eventually it just kind of got a wild you know so i have a, a full collection like i have like a wall in my, i'm sitting in the room right now there's a giant wall next to me that's it's full, a sexy room man a, uh, it is a sexy room you got you got like a really cool <laughs> mid-century sofa there i think yeah, well, so we, we uh, oh god, I'm so jealous of that fucking sofa, design. man. Yeah, that, that's that sofa. <laughs> you make me mad. We actually, we have three couches. Actually. Oh, you guys make me mad. You know, but so we've 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 saved we've saved appropriately. We we invest in stuff that good we for can you. Flip. Yeah, and so like that was a that was a big part of it. it. Was like when you know when the touring stopped, and I I mentioned earlier how much debt I was in. I was able to basically sell off a really good portion of my collection to help recoup that debt. So, so there, there was records, more than you know, what like you're, there was more than the full wall of records. Well, so once I, once I got, once I got it, well, there's a lot of shit here that I don't listen. That's kind of actually why I'm in this project right now where I'm like listening to everything I own. Get I'm like going through back. everything and just listing in alphabetical order. Yeah. And so I'm either, I'm going through it and I'm either realizing the shit that is gone that I need to re replace or I'm, uh, selling the shit that I, I know I will never listen to. Let it go. Let you it know, go. So I'll, I'll like, it, yeah, yeah, good. Don't need it. So good. I'm just like, so I'm just letting go of that shit. But it's almost like this way. Like if I was ever like super hard up for cash or just solve the whole fucking thing. And then I did that, you know, like I just, yeah. yeah. Rather than like putting my money in the bank, I've just put it in the, buying vinyl and gear and, and, and you know, stuff like that. Anybody who's listened to the podcast knows when my wife met me, I had a couple, I think there was three or 4,000 records. I never did count them. And at one point I sold all but one, like one record, which I can, I'm looking across from. And it was, it's like literally what was the record that you saved. Like, like, I'm looking at it and, and you'll appreciate this. There's a frame Sunny Day real estate poster above it. And this is a frame record. Uh, it's a Liberace autograph record that I found at a thrift store. And it's got the liberal, the, the, and I never, I never really listened to it. The, the vinyl's bracket actually probably in the, in the frame. I don't remember what I did with it, but, uh, it's got the candelabra yeah. on the piano and I couldn't bring myself to sell it, but I sold about 3000 records online and I, yeah. I was doing my research for, for this episode and I was like, holy shit, like you, I, Ikea really appreciates you in your bookshelves and your Ikea. <laughs> I, I had read you know, some, man, I, I, 
I had read someplace that they were going to get rid of those, and, and then they decided no. They did. They're yeah, did like, they? They're smaller now. They like they changed the uh, the dimensions, the size. So they used to be. These are like the older ones. You know, yeah. The, the edges are a little bit thicker. They're like an inch and a half, and the new ones now the edges are about an inch. So they're they're just they take up slightly less space. This is a but, geeky you know, man, conversation. I come, I come yeah. from a family. Dude, I, I come from a family of collectors, especially my mom. It's a, it's a trait that I inherited from her. Al has it too. So, like, we both have our own kind of, like, weird collections that we take <laughs> up. And, uh, you know, and I think, and, you know, everyone's got their everyone's got their shit. Like, everyone's got their, like, weird hocus-pocus, like, fucking thing that they love. And so, you know, for us, like, the records and the gear are mine. And for Al, she's got her own things too. And so, you know, she, she, tol- she tolerates it because... You know, she knows that there's stuff that she collects too. Okay, you know, it's just a thing. Answer so, me this: it, it, Are the records a problem? Are, are do are you ordering no. them every day? Are you getting them in the mail? Like, it is it a problem or no. is it manageable? Good, because I was worried about you. Honestly, because I've been there, I've done this. To, yeah. To be completely, to be completely honest, I haven't bought records in. I haven't gone to the, well, I mean, I haven't gone to the record store probably this year. I haven't okay, gone to a good. record store in 2020. But, which makes then, me sad. You um, probably should go to a record store when you can, like a local independent record store and go and bop around and buy one just to help yeah, them I mean, out. Have, yeah. You guys are good have, with record we have, stores. Uh, we have, have Reckless here and I love Reckless, especially the Wicker Park one. That's the one that's like always been my go-to store for years and years and years. And, um, and you know, with there are a few things that I bought since quarantine began. I bought them on Discogs and it was only because I needed to replace them, but there was like an Appleseed cast record I, I needed to own that I'd sold. There was this band, uh, this Philly band called an Albatross, which was like this, this screamy band that an old band that my, an old band of mine used to play with all the time. And when I was going through the A's of my collection, realized I didn't own it anymore. I was like, Oh, that's like a, that's like a $5 record. I should just buy that again. Um, <laughs> you know, and so there, there are a couple things that I've repurchased in this moment, but there hasn't been like a, it, there's been a long time since I've gone to the store and bought like a hundred dollars worth of shit. Well, I did um, notice probably about a, a year. I did notice that you had a Causeway record. Yeah, good call. <laughs> cool. Very I, few people, very few people talk about that. Band. I I saw the Causeway with um, Manor Asterman, uh, and it was still I, among one of my favorite shows I've ever been to in my life. It was, and they're a Florida band. Oh yeah, you know they uh they're they're from Causeway? Gainesville. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're from Gainesville. Uh, the uh, Way's a Florida band. They're from Gainesville. They're all, I think that was on alternative tentacles. Um, and yeah. I, I didn't know they were available on vinyl until I was snooping around on, on your Instagram page. Um, I'm yeah, that record, especially I, I really, really love they, they, that was a record that when I worked at the distributor, actually that when I was a teenager, that was a record that my boss would play all the time. And I just fucking fell in love with that record. They were so good live, man. They had this whole, um, you know, the whole thing was Causeway is not a cult. Like it's not a cult, although it seemed a whole lot like a cult. You go to their shows and, and they would hand out tracks. Like that. there'd be somebody at the door is like, hey, hey, welcome to the Causeway. Here, here's our, our how to keep clean the Causeway or how to, how to, how to brush your teeth the Causeway. And, and one of my buddies has a, a piece, official piece of merchandise from the Causey Way. It's Causey Soap and how to keep clean the Causey Way. I saw that and I was like, That's yeah, so th- good. This, this dude's cool. Last thing I know about you is uh, when you were five years old, you wanted to be a professional hockey player. 
okay. Where you where have you done your research there for that one? I, I, you don't strike me I as a hockey person. That. I'm just like really good at researching. You you because it always surprises me. My friends and I think we're friends now uh, are are like sports people because I'm not and I have no problems with people who love sports because most of the people love sports, but I don't. And I, I, I get it. You're sure. like from up in cold weather and we had hockey here and I didn't understand it. And it was an excuse to get drunk. So you wanted to play hockey because it seems very, very violent and unnecessary. Uh, I actually, I actually never wanted to play. <laughs> He's like that one guy. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I actually don't, um, I actually have no idea how to play. Like, I, <laughs> I, I know the game. Can you know how to skate? I cannot skate. You're going to make the oh, worst no, hockey awful. player, man. Like, I'm going to talk you out of this now in case this music thing doesn't work out for you. No hockey for you, son. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Bad. Well, let me tell you, I'm like, I'm such a, I'm such a massive, or at least I used to be, especially a, um, uh, such a huge Philadelphia Flyers fan. And so for me, like when I was growing up, the only person I've ever wanted to be or meet was Ron Hexall, who was the goaltender of the Flyers for years and years. I think that's the guy who I I figured out you liked. Yes. I have a friend, his name is David. David uh, met him, you know, he was a, I met him in New York City. He was a buddy who, uh, he was a big fan of some bands that Intuit Overt would play with. And I eventually started seeing him around at shows often enough where we started just talking. You know, he, he had seen the band a few times. I think the first time he saw us was with Kevin Devine. And I'm sure if he listens to this, he's going to reach out. He's going to send me a text and be like, actually, it was here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he'll check me on this information. But so um, David, you know, we, we started talking at a show at the Bowery Ballroom once and nice. started getting really into it. Because like when, you know, touring in a fucking emo band, like, you know, you don't meet a whole lot of people who really get down on sports. And like the dudes who played and into it over at the time were not sports fans. So it's like, it wasn't like a thing I could geek out with them about. So like if I was hyped on like the Phillies or the Eagles or any, any shit like that. So I'm from Philadelphia, like right outside Philadelphia. So Philly sports are like, are my shit. And um, so I couldn't really talk about that with anybody. And so meeting him at a show and, and having this conversation about anything sports related, was like a really nice breath of fresh air. And so we're, we're chatting and we're, you know, kind of talking shit and he's a Mets fan and like totally like New York through and through. And so, you know, we're giving each other a hard time, but he's a super great dude. And, um, and he asked me while we were talking, he's like, if there was ever anything you'd ever want, uh, like sports memorabilia wise, cause his job was like working with sports memorabilia and like raising money for like charity and stuff like that. He's a good dude to know. Yeah. He's like, He's like, he's like, he's just asked me out of the blue. He's like, yeah, if there was anything you were ever looking for, what would it be? And I was like, oh, it'd be a, a Hextall jersey. And he's like, oh, that's, he's like, that's cool. I he's can like, do that. He's yeah. like, home or away? He's like, home or away? I was like, away. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And he, and I, and then we didn't talk about it again for like a super fucking long time, like probably a couple of years, right? Never came up again. And so, uh, two, you know, a year or so or two years goes by and, and he tells me, you know, we, we had maintained our friendship and kept in touch and, um, you know, which was really bad. Like it's, it's more rare than you would think to like meet someone who is a fan of your band and have them be like someone you can like form a long lasting friendship with. And David's one of those guys. And so, um, that, that, even in know, life, moved, in life, that's not a, that's not a, like a, a normal yeah, like thing. When so, like when you're in your late twenties, early thirties, like making friends is hard once you get to your, like, you're, you're my your best friend, one. man. Like so, I, I, I trust me, that guy's a jewel. You should write him a letter and say, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm going to let him know about the podcast. So I'm going to make sure he listens to it. But so he, uh, he hits me up and he's like, yo, like, so I'm, I'm actually moving across the country. Like I'm going from New York to Seattle. He's like, I wanted to know, 
um, are you going to be home on X day and can we hang out? Like I'm looking for someone to like show me around Chicago or whatever. I'm like, yeah, dude, of course. He's like, you mind if I stay with you? I'm like, yeah, totally. So he makes his move out the, out the, from New York to Seattle in his car. He's driving in like a fucking minivan and like, you know, we hang out in Chicago for a couple of days and, you know, we're, we're going out, we're like doing stuff and taking him a couple of restaurants and we're, you know, doing our thing. And then at the end of the trip, he's like, come out to the van. He's like, I gotta, you know, he's like, I gotta give you something. And he pulls out this giant wrapped frame. Framed. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm like, dude, what's this? He's like, just open it. And I open it up and it's a fucking signed away. Oh my God. Oh, it's so sweet. And, and he's like, yeah, yeah this, he's like, I got this. He's like, I just wanted to get this for you. I was like, what the fuck? And so like, you know, blew my fucking mind. And so, uh, you know, but what's wild is like at the time I was, I was living with my ex and I was, you know, it's like, there's no, there's no, I don't live like in a big apartment. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a big <laughs> like, city. No, I, I get it. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's no cool. There was no cool place to put the framed textile jersey. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get a sign off on the yeah. textile jersey. And so it's, and so for a while it remained in in the closet and uh oh. you know and I had it I never I didn't ever got rid of it. Now now finally, you know, it's hanging up in our practice space and um and it's and it's a really uh great reminder of like the power of, of meeting people on tour and, and you know, what kind of lasting bonds and friendships that can have and, and you know, Dave really and I being great friends to this day. Super yeah. solid dude. And uh yeah, but yes, so I you know, when growing up I was uh we would play street hockey every day and I was always the goaltender. That was my thing. I always wanted to be a goalie. And, uh, and so I, you know, I'd always have to say, you know, like I was fucking Hexall, even though my, uh, my best friend's dad would always call me Patrick Waugh, which fucking infuriated me. He's what like, what is a Patrick Waugh? What, what is that? He was the goaltender of the Montreal Canadiens. Oh at yeah. The time. And Stupid. then, and then he left yeah. to, left to play for the, for the avalanche. And that was like a big thing too. And they were always rivals with the flyers. So he would call me Waugh and he knew it would like get me fired up. And then my, my glove hands would all of a sudden not be as good as my, uh, as it would be formally. <laughs> he was playing mind games. He's street hockey mind games. Dude, I never you. learned how to skate. Yeah. Dude, that's how that's how fucking gnarly best friend dad can be, man. Come at you. And now, man, you're a kid. You're like, you're like, man. You're like, screw you, screw you, Bernie. You know, whatever. And then you like become an adult, and you're like, man, teasing little kids is like so much fun. Be you kind, know? you like, kind of admire <laughs> like the the fact that he got in your head. Uh, um, real quick. Oh, totally. Don't don't overthink these. Everybody overthinks these. Real quick, like just top it, top of your head. Don't don't don't. don't it's this is not a test. Top three bands, singer songwriters, or musical performers in your world right now as you're sitting there. Go. Uh, Jeremy Enoch. Um, top three: Namdi Abdiana, and uh, I hope I'm saying Namdi's last name right. And then um, top three: Go. Who have I been really listening to a lot lately? I've been really into this dude named Makaya McRaven lately okay he's a, a a local he's like a local chicago jazz drummer but he does all of this rad all of these really rad collaborations with different musicians and he did this project a couple of years ago it's called universal beings and it was this record where he basically traveled to four different cities he was in chicago new york la and uh london and he would do these like improvised jazz sets with just random musicians or Love not it. random musicians, but he would do these improvised jazz sets with musicians that he knew. And, and basically what they would do is they would record everything. And then he took that back to his studio and he basically took all the best parts of these improvised sessions and made this record out of Love it. it. Love and, it. Um, What's his name again? And I've just, Micaiah McRaven. And okay. I was obsessed with that record when it came out. It was just like, 
I think it was all, um, you know, because Alex and I put records on when we go to bed, and like that was like that was a record that we put on for months. Just like it's so fucking good, and uh, you know, and I actually made a uh, a playlist of uh, records, like records and songs, especially that had influenced the writing of the new record, and you know, kind of like reinvigorated that drive to to make music again. And he's on it. He's you know, cool. along with. Cool. 50 other 50 other things and that, <laughs> that playlist actually will be live at the time that this goes live so if you if you're interested there'll be the links in the show notes send me room. send me and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so everybody gets to listen to that That's, yeah yeah because yeah. because i'm yeah, intrigued it's a, by it's this a killer playlist you know? yeah and now i've actually you know like i made it and you know adam and i made it together uh who drummed on the record and you know I, i've been putting it on while i've been at work all day and it's a really good like working playlist it's a really good cooking playlist you know it's like and separate from the fact that it like influenced this record but like it's just the, the vibe is really good. I made sure that like you know as a as a fucking dude in my 30s who used to make mixtapes for people, I made sure that the flow was really nice from nice. song to song. And yeah, that, like, yeah. You know, it's it's specifically set up to be in a certain order. And so, um, so yeah, if you're interested, it's it's just a good listen. Thing number two, and normally this is the point where I would talk about the Radius toothbrush because uh, I really wanted them to send me free Radius toothbrushes. They don't actually sponsor me, but they've never sent me a free Radius toothbrush. So, so fuck them, even though I use the Radius toothbrush still. And, but fuck the Radius toothbrush, even though you should buy it. It's a really good toothbrush. It's a part of your mouth. Uh, I'm looking for something that you endorse. It could be like a local restaurant or a hair product or a particular guitar brand or a recording studio. Um, I'm I'm going to now, and I just decided at this moment that I'm just going to endorse random shit like all every podcast instead of the Radius toothbrush because fuck them, even though it's a really good toothbrush. Um, I'm going to endorse I'm going to endorse hammocks. And at the beginning of the Corona virus, my wife and I bought a hammock and it had a frame and we sit outside in it and rock back and forth and it's really joyful and there's some sort of like the whole hammock kind of cradles around you as if you're in your mother's womb and it, it's it's wonderful to rock back and forth it feels very soothing so get yourself a hammock what is one thing that that i need to know about and the world needs to know about that you want to endorse it could be local it could be worldwide but it, it, it i'd rather not it be mcdonald's or or um walmart can I can I do two things? Sure, okay? please. I'll put links to the show notes. That's so, what I do. So something. So uh, so the first thing is not really a product. It's just a, a, a activity that I, I really fully endorse. And so in this moment, me and and a small group of friends have been doing. Uh, you know, and I shout this out to anybody who lives in a, a small town or a major city. But we have been doing every single Friday a uh, midnight bike ride. Nice. Which. Um, so we get, we collect, you know, we meet up together all in, in like a park that's not too far from where everybody lives. And because it's quarantine right now and, you know, bars aren't open and cities aren't open late, people aren't out late, we're able to ride our bicycles around to areas of the city that would normally be full of cars and people, but are actually like super quiet and relaxed right now. And it's a really interesting way to absorb the place in which you live and experience the place in which you live and also feel like you're seeing friends, but not in a way that feels socially responsible because Love you're it. riding bicycles. So you're yeah, far, yeah. plenty far away from each other. And, um, you know, and you're able to just kind of hang out, get some exercise. Um, you know, we all pause for a minute and we like choose a location, like a destination to ride to, and then we'll stop and we'll drink a beer and we, you know, and you know, 20 feet apart and just catch up. That and then sounds so just great. Continue our ride and come back home. 
Yeah, that, that's. So we've been doing those for the yeah. last the last couple of months, and it's just been a it's just it's become the activity that we all look forward to every week as a as a group. Um, another thing that I wrote, this is the product focused one, is my uh, Marcus who plays in Pet Symmetry and his wife Delia. Uh, Delia's father does a candle company called um, Brook Brooks Crossing Candle Company, and uh, the website is bccandleco.com. And uh, Dave Ornick, who's you know my my really good friend father-in-law, yeah, yeah, yeah. has made has has made into it over at candles for the release of this oh, record. Oh, that's really but cool. He just makes really he just makes really awesome candles. What do they smell like? Dude. What does into it uh, over it smell like? So I, we uh, we actually had our we we named the candle that we're putting out with the record. We named it Figure because Figure is the name of the record. But the scent is uh, Palo Santo, which was the which we would call the good wood. It was what we were lighting as the incense during the entire course of making the record. And in recent years, Palo Santo has become endangered. So rather than making like actually buying the wood or lighting the wood, like the, the stuff that we had had, thankfully we'd had for years before yeah. it gone endangered. Um, but so, you know, now rather than trying to promote that and sell that, we're like, Oh, well let's make a candle that smells like that, which is a much um, more, you know, they're soy candles as well. So they're very eco-friendly and, um, they just look awesome. They smell awesome. And Dave's a good dude running a, running a small business here in Illinois. And, uh, you know, it's just him and his wife hanging out, making candles together. Donna, Dave and Donna, Hornick. Literally, there, there's a there's a candle burning in Rosaline right now, so I might have to invest in one of those things. Third of the three things, what's one life tip you can give me? We've been talking for an hour and about fifteen minutes now. I think we might be friends, and you you understand me because my wife doesn't understand me. Most of my friends understand, but but you you understand me. So I I want you to 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 give me your truthful, honest life tip that Peter. This is what you need to do to improve the quality of your life, thereby improving the quality of all my listeners' lives. Go, hit me. Go, quick. Um, it's it's never too late to invest in yourself. That really? is my all right. that is my life tip. And, and you, I, I I would say, um, you know, it is it, it's you know coming off of uh, coming off of 2016, I had to do a lot of growing up. I had to really take a lot of life lessons and. and um, show signs of improvement personally and, and develop better as a, as a friend and a human being and as an adult. And, um, you know, and when you're in your thirties, which is like, you know, feels like it's worlds away from your twenties and also still feels like worlds away from your forties or your fifties even, but like, um, you begin to think like, Oh, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks or you're like, Oh, it's too, I'm too far gone to be able to like learn and listen and develop as a human being. And then I got to say that I think that's complete bullshit. I think you're never too late to be able to, um, to become a better person and I, to, um, you know, reshape your thinking and to listen and to be, uh, there for the people around you. So that is my key advice. Um, sage advice, lost, young you man. I, I dig it. And I agree. <laughs> you were assigned a task to come at me with three questions. I'm so, I hope it doesn't feel like I'm rushing you along. <laughs> um, it, now's your chance to ask me the first and only the first of those three questions while I enjoy some delicious, tasty water. Delicious, tasty water. You already you're sobering up already. No, I'm, I'm, I was drinking before you started, like uh, before you called. So trust <laughs> me, it just sounds like I'm sober. Um, are Are you a musician? Mm-mm. Was that the no. question? What is, what, what is, what, that was not the question. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna hit you with just a. I'm just gonna hit you with a rapid fire bunch oh. of questions. Okay, I'm good. That that's fun. Bunch of questions is so, fun. 
so uh so okay so you're not a musician what was what was your um what drew you to music initially do you come from a musical family or are you were you just really passionate about the arts in general like what was your what was your gateway to uh to the creative arts um church probably was my gateway to the creative arts and i i realized that uh people who played instruments got to to talk to girls and then i realized that most of the music played on the radio was terrible and then I realized that the girls I was attracted to were uh, attracted to off-the-wall music. So um, I, I started listening to stuff that wasn't getting played on the radio, I guess. I don't know. I, we called it alt-rock when I was a kid, I think. I, I, um, sure. you know, you know, I wasn't, like, I, I don't want to pretend like I was punk guy or new wave guy. I mean, I, like, I probably leaned towards new wave. I mean, I, I grew up in the yeah. 80s. So, like, I, I probably leaned towards that stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not like I haven't listened to the radio in 30 years, probably. So hit me with three sure. more of the, these random like uh, things. Go, please. Thank you. Why? Why? Or, why Orlando? And if you were going to go somewhere else, where would it be? Um, Anywhere in the world. Why Orlando? I followed a girl up here and um, she dumped me within a couple of weeks of probably a couple of months of being here. And she's been on the podcast with my wife and I. That's kind of funny. Um, and if I was to go anywhere, I would go, if, if money was no object, I'd go to Paris. If money was sort of okay, I'd go to Portland. If we could leave and live in some place that was probably comparable to Orlando, we'd probably go to Asheville, North Carolina because of hiking. Have you been to oh, Portland? Asheville's, Asheville's, Asheville's rad. Great. Oh yeah. yeah. It, well, well, so which, uh, which, which Portland? Uh, um, um, uh, Oregon. I like, we went there Oregon. about, about two years ago and it, it's, uh, it's like port, like bigger Portland, I think like it's, it's still got this earthy yeah. quality to it. And you know, there's trails and I grew up near the beach, so it's kind of sort of near the beach, kind of a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I, it reminds me a little of the good parts of Orlando and the good parts of Asheville. Um, like I, I dig it. Like I, I need to go back. Like I said, like there, right now I think Chicago is my my favorite big city in the United States. Um, I, I if I had to choose, if money was an issue and I had to choose between Asheville and Portland, I'd probably choose Portland. But I, I really my sure. my heart is is in Asheville. Like that's the place we've been to the most. I all I've thought about since the beginning of the coronavirus is I want to go to Asheville. There's a place called Biscuit Head. In Asheville, they have two locations, yeah. and they make. Have you been to Biscuit Head? Like they make a glorious chicken sandwich, and I've been obsessed with. I have not, man. I haven't. I haven't been to Asheville probably since 2010. There used to be a great punk house run by my friend Stephen. Stephen actually toured with Into It Over for many years. He yeah, was like yeah. our merch guy for yeah. a couple of years. Um, but he's he's from there, from around there. He uh, they ran a house there called the Edge Frat for a really long time. And they would, uh, anytime we were actually going down to Fest of all places, we would always wind up playing there. And that was really my first experience with Asheville. It's gorgeous. I, you know, like, um, definitely I'm, I'm with you on the mountain thing, man. Like that's, Al and I talk about that all the time. And just like what we would do if we were going to go, uh, you know, if we were going to leave Chicago, would that look like us going to like a mountainy green space or would it look like us going to some place like uh, Santa Fe or, um, you know, like some kind of weird desert location because she's from El Paso. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, we, we always kind of talk about that kind of thing. There's always talk of turning Scotch Good Conversation into a cult. And I, I think you'd make an, <laughs> a, an excellent music like guy. So, so keep your, like, 
that, you know, like, if, if this are music you the leader, yeah, I, of course like, I am. Come on. Will you talk to me? I'm the, I'm totally the leader. I've, if you see me naked, I look great. I, 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 I'm bald. You know, it's, I'm, I got leader. I'm going to grow a big fucking long beard and wear robes and drive around Rolls Royces. I, I, um, like there's always talk that this is all just a long-term goal to starting a cult kind of outside of Asheville someplace. And I mean, if you want to be the music person, I, I, I'm totally good with that. I'm sure, going to, I'm going to ask I'll, you, I'll curate for sure. I'm going to ask you some questions now. You ready? Um, sure. Now question number one for you was what is one thing that all generations have in common? Uh, Going to the bathroom. <laughs> it's a great common denominator. <laughs> I, I've always said that. That's the right answer. Very rarely do people get the right answer <laughs> in this thing. But I have to say, it's, I have to say, it's, it's that or eating. But even then, it's like some. No, uh, some people don't eat much. Everybody your, poops. That, that, I got a book saying. on my toilet that says that. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> all our shit stinks, you know, and, and um, uh, yeah, yeah. you answered that too fast. Question number two for you, you won't answer this as fast. Uh, how do you go about fixing a wedgie in public? Uh, very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you ever got um, one on actually, stage? Like, kinda, is, is that a problem? I kind of shimmy. I've, I've never, I've never gotten one on stage. But okay. I, I would say there's, there's like a little bit of a shimmy involved in order to, in order to fix that. I, <laughs> I, in Florida, cause you live in a cool climate in Florida, you, you get like sticky balls. And there, there was a, like a little dance you do to get your, your testicles off your leg. And I used to wear boxer shorts pretty much exclusively. But in my sure, late, sure, sure, probably, sure. Uh, probably late to mid forties, I switched over to boxer briefs and that helps sure. a lot like that because I don't get the wedgie thing so much, but I get the, the, because it's just so swampy here and, and you, you, you're the, Dude, I don't know how you do it. I, I don't know how I do it either. Like, cause now, now my walls are actually hanging lower. So I, I'm, I like, it's, it's more of a thing now. <laughs> I kind of want, that's what kind like Asheville's calling to me. Cause the temperature there is way more conducive to less sweaty balls. Um, Dude. I, well, I think it's, I think it's just a, uh, uh, I mean, well, that's definitely a, a guy problem or a people with balls problem, I suppose. But I, I, see, you know, like I, <laughs> I see girls picking wedgies just, every I, now and then, you know, like it, it, it's wedgies. I think it, that's just a backwards ball thing, you know? And, and I, I think the polite thing is to just go to the bathroom or, or, or move to it. Like a, if you're in the supermarket, go to another aisle or something. Um, why didn't you? Why didn't you lead with this question? This is how the podcast should have started. <laughs> I was trying to be serious. I, you know, I, 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 you know I, in general, I, I am not a, uh, I am not a hot climate human being. I'm, I'm absolutely a cool climate human. Good. And, um, yeah, and I like the second, like I'm. It's actually warm now in our apartment, and I'm, it's, I'm struggling. What's warm? What, 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 what is warm there? Any well, warm to me is anything above sixty-five degrees. Oh fuck me, Jesus! <laughs> yeah, I am like I am, I am cool climate through and through. And also, I've been you know like during quarantine, I have I have not cut my hair or shaved my beard since we've been locked up. So oh really? I, I so am, you're you're like, like Grizzly Adams am, over there? I'm totally. Yeah. I am completely grizzly right now, and so as much to the dismay of my uh, partner. Yeah, <laughs> is she not like into uh, it? She's not, um, I wasn't trying to make a joke there. I'm, I'm not sorry. into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, 
I like I, I could be doing favors there, but I'm not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost a test. I've never been I've never been afforded this opportunity. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly you know? don't don't go for um, it. It's just cheap podcasting. Like so, she does she does yeah. not complain about the the uh, Grizzly Adams look. She's she is the best. She, she makes good girl. references yeah. here and there, and she's in the other room. She's looking at me right now. Well, tell her I said hey. Like like maybe. I I um <laughs> I I I'm. I'm balding, so I, I shave my head. I don't, but I don't buzz it. I, I don't like bick it. I buzz it. So I, and I found that, mm-hmm. like, if I have this, like, and I'm not a Nazi at all, like, at the total opposite end of the spectrum, but I found if I have this skinhead look, people leave me alone, which really works out for me, especially during, during the, sure. the coronavirus. So I buzz my hair. <laughs> but, but, but for the last, like, uh, couple weeks I haven't shaved and I've been like, haven't not, not shaved my, my face. I haven't shaved my head. And I, I, I say it's like a hippie thing and it's, it's been three weeks. So you gotta, it's not, it's not like my hair is long, but I can't even you imagine. Got the, you got like the mad, the mad scientist look right now. No, 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 no. It's, right it's now. literally, it's like, it's, it's a quarter inch maybe at the most, but like, it's long for me. <laughs> at the end of last year, I had, I had announced that I wasn't going to, um, cut my hair at all this year. Like that would, that was my thing. I just, mm-hmm. I just wanted to know what it felt like to have hair one more time, like in my life. And I, I was how like, far, how far did you get? I got three weeks in <laughs> and, and my wife's like, no, <laughs> you got that shit. Like I, I and that's kind of where I am. Enough. Yeah. That's kind of where I am with, yeah. with the, um, the hair now. Like I think I, if I go another day or two and it always kind of like revolves around like, when is sex going to get cut off? Like, so I, I'll cut my hair when, she, so if, 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 if she's cool with the, with the, beard, how long's the beard? Like that, that's like, it, it's gotta be. It's, it's, it's long. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll send you a photo when we're, when we're done here. So you can just see, you know, the full breadth of <laughs> see what, what I'm working with right now. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty gnarly. I, you know, what's funny. We actually, we filmed, we filmed a music video, nice. uh, like some portions of a music video and it, and it happened like very early on in the quarantine phase so we like filmed all these scenes and then we kind of you know it got put aside for a little bit but so in order to to, we'll finish that in two weeks right yeah yeah to maintain continuity for this video i have to look like i did somewhat at the time that we shot the earlier scene so i can't shave anything until we film (laughs) the rest of this video and so like in the meantime i'm just kind of sitting here like oh and like the last couple of days have been really bad. Like I've itchy. Been, like looking yeah. at myself in the mirror, and I'm, I'm absolutely doesn't even itch. I'm just like disgusted with myself. <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like just like I'm just like very like I'm, I'm ashamed. It's just are, like pure shame. Are you and full so, like like all, everywhere, Harry? Like is it like chest nuts like everything? Like or, no, I mean no 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 more than the average no more than the average human being. I would say. Okay. I'm, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's an average amount of hair, but it's, okay. you know, on the face and head right now, it's, it's more it's than it's, like, I'm usually like pretty kept. Like I like go to the barber and I get a, a nice haircut every now and then. Um, what's, what's a no, nice haircut cost? What, what is, what does that cost? What's, what's a nice haircut in Chicago? Uh, it depends. It depends how much you look, care about your barber, you know, yeah. and I really care about mine. My, my barber is actually a really old friend of mine. His name is Doug. He's a great dude. Um, oh. handcrafted barbershop in Chicago, Illinois. Cool. There. There'll be links shop. in the show notes probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so, uh, but yeah, so he is my barber and, um, you know, honestly, when, when COVID went down, he kind of like, you know, they had to close up shop. Obviously it's not sanitary, it wasn't safe. And so, you know, and I've been just kind of letting them get back into the swing of things and, you know, and I, I actually do feel very safe going and getting a haircut now, but like I said, I gotta, I gotta hang on to it for this video. And I also just like, 
you know, earlier, like commenting earlier, just about like, you know, kind of staying out of the way because we are able to. That's, I'm that's more interested in such in an that. enlightened way to look at things. Like it really is like the fact that there are people out there like delivering groceries and taking the garbage out and, and with stocking shelves and good for you. Cause I never even really, and I, I'd like to think I, I'm enlightened, but I, that's, that's above man. Like, <laughs> like the fact that you realize that you're that blessed is a weird word with me. Um, you're blessed enough sure. to not have to do these things. So you're letting the people who need to do those things to survive do that. So good for you. Yeah. Um, your second yeah. question to me, please. Uh, what is your hidden talent? I'm going to answer that you after after this commercial. Have you been injured on the go? Remember, just call Mo. Just call Mo. Dot com. La Femme Du Fromage Orlando's Cheese Shop is open for business for all your cheesy needs. Artisan handcrafted cheeses from around the world with a friendly, knowledgeable staff to help you out. Go by today. Visit Grill Cheese Happy Hour this Friday and grab something delicious. They're located at 3201 Kareen Drive in the East End Market. Femme du Fromage is Orlando's cheese shop. Tell them you heard about them on Scotch and Good Conversation. All right, we are back. This part of the show is brought to you by Compass Box Whiskey. They make scotch in these troubled times. In the coronavirus or at any time, you probably want to drink scotch and you could not do any better than Compass Box Whiskey. They're available pretty much anywhere. If you go into a liquor store and they don't have it, ask for it. Make them get it. Point that point in their face and say, you get me some Compass Box Whiskey. And then you march out and you come back in two weeks and say, I hope you got it because it's well worth the wait. Compass Box Whiskey makes my favorite scotch. We drink it here in Rosyland and your button guy. He makes buttons for Scotch and Good Conversation. He makes buttons for a lot of the podcast and businesses here in Orlando. There are two ways to get a hold of him. He's not a good businessman. You can get a hold of him via Instagram or on Facebook. He doesn't have a website. He doesn't have a phone number. This business model works for him somehow. And uh, you just go on Facebook or Instagram and type in your button guy, and he will make you amazing buttons for your band. I'm looking at you, dude. Um, your podcast. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, I actually just got a button order today. Oh uh, yeah, you should have went with your button guy. <laughs> he's a he's got a glorious beard, man. He's got an amazing beard. <laughs> I went through. I went through. I went through an old mutual friend. Hey, okay, good. Like independent, guy, but 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 your button guy is better. Whoever you went through is better. I'm sure he's a great guy. <laughs> We're talking about your button. He's my sponsor. You be quiet now. Uh, your button guy is my button guy. Use him. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Your button guy. Your question. I forget what it was. I was talking about your button guy. What was your question? Oh, I need, I want to, well, first of all, I need to know where I can get, I got to get a bottle of that scotch. I haven't had a good scotch in a really, really long time. And I used to be such a scotch, a scotchman back in the day. And I, uh, I actually have, have uh, moved on. I've gone through several phases of spirits in my life. Uh -huh. I, I was in a, I was in a, um, I was initially in a gin phase. Oh, we, we do a lot of gin here. We, we do a shit ton of gin also. A, yeah. It was a gin phase and then into a scotch phase and then it went to a bourbon phase and now I'm in a tequila phase. Ooh, yeah. And so that's a, um, in terms of spirits go, but I haven't had a really good scotch in a while. And, compass box uh, whiskey. Yeah, compass box. Just literally, literally find, I, I, I can't hook you up with anything. I, I barely get hooked up. Not, <laughs> not, I, I, they, they take really good care of me. <laughs> I'm not saying I barely get hooked up, but I can't send you anything for free. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, you got scotch in the name. I, if, I, if I was scotch it, 
Scotch it. If that was my band name, then I may hopefully get some fucking scotch. <laughs> one, one, one of the the running jokes in here was when I started the podcast. I literally said, if I called it Scotch, a good conversation, maybe I'll get a free bottle of scotch. And now I have, I, I, this was the distiller that I wanted. This, this was the one. They speak to me. They make, they make art. They, they make blends, which a lot of the Scotch world goes. Oh, I only drink single malt. But they are redefining yeah. what a blend is to the point where the powers to be, the people who are in charge of scotch, like the, the, the scotch people, are going, you can't do that. Yeah. And they're, they're going, yeah, we can. And then they do it anyway. Yeah. It, it's kind of like this kind of really kind of punk rock thing that they're doing. I, I think, is there, a awesome. is there a Chicago bar called Delilah? It is a, uh, it's a kind of like a divey punk bar, but they, they have there, really there is outrageous a outrageous whiskey collection. There is a Delilah, Delilah compass box. Like I, I'm absolutely sure yeah, of I that. It. Yeah. Like, and that's because the guy who, uh, his name is, uh, Michael Glasser. I think the guy who owns the company, I talked to him about once and he sees a very scary, very smart, scary in a good kind of way, smarter than me sort of way. Um, sure. he's, he's that guy. He's probably mid fifties. And he grew, kind of, kind of grew out of the wine community in California. Went to Scotland, came in, uh, like kind of obsessed with Scotch. And it's, it's, it's very punk rock. It's the one I wanted, and they really do make an amazing bottle of Scotch. What was your question again? You told me, and then we got sidetracked talking uh, about my sponsor. What's your, uh, <laughs> what's your hidden talent? Oh, what's my hidden ta hidden talent? I'm really good. Uh, never mind. I won't go there. Um, I was going to say, what's the word? Con Congalingus. You're just very, oh, family show. No, it's not. I, I, you know what, you know what I can do? <laughs> I used to spin records like in bars and stuff. I, I call myself a DJ, but probably not. Like I used to smash records into each other. And, um, mm. I can take a record, like a, a sleeve of record and spin it on my finger forever. Like I can, I can spin an album around on my finger I can only do like my right, like a basketball. I can't spin a basketball, but I can spin a, a record. And it, it, I, um, I can spin anything except for a basketball. One time when no one was looking in my church that I was growing up in, I got up on the altar and I took the little communion, uh, the glasses out and I spun the communion tray just this, because I had always looked at it. <laughs> absolute true story absolute true story like i always looked at it and i remember sitting there going i could spin that i can spin that i can spin that there is no god i can spin that i can spin that i can spin that and i finally like one day i kind of ran out there went took, 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 took all the glass out span it for about two seconds looked around for jesus he wasn't there and I put it back down put the glass back in and took off um that spinning things is is my hidden talent question number four for you and this is an email and emails are sponsored by the Nook on Robinson. They are an amazing bar. And as of two weeks ago, they were open. As of last Friday, they were closed again. Uh, because we we don't know how to coronavirus here in Florida. Um, it's not anything to do with the Nook on Robinson. They weren't closed down because they, they had no coronavirus in their staff. Everybody there was tested. Everybody passed. There was no coronavirus in the Nook on Robinson they decided it wasn't healthy to be open. What they are doing is yeah. they are selling to-go bottles. So you can go by the Nook on oh, Robinson yeah. and buy a six-pack or a bottle of wine or um, kombucha or pastries. Or they, they actually, they're selling art and T-shirts out of there. They are located over in, in the Milk District 
2432 East Robinson Street. And here's the thing. You can go to a local, you can go to the Nook on Robinson and buy a six pack and you pay about, maybe it's about $2 more for a six pack and it goes locally. It goes to something in your neighborhood or you can go to a giant corporate box store and it goes to a giant corporation. Do me a favor, go buy the Nook of Robinson, or if you're not in Orlando, go buy your local liquor store and uh, or local, local, hyper, local-owned liquor store and buy there. Nook on Robinson, we love them, and we just want them to, to survive through this so I can go have a beer at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Email us over at scottsagoodconversation at gmail.com. This one, the title is, I, uh, I stole this right off the internet. This is to you. So think about this. Okay. Yeah, look directly to the left of you. What would be what would life be if that object directly to left you wasn't invented? For me, it's a coffee mug, and if I had no coffee mugs, I would probably be drinking coffee out of something else, so it wouldn't affect me at all. And then it says, uh, "Love the show, uh, please never stop." And it's signed Emily. So basically, she's saying, "Look, <laughs> she's saying, look directly to the left of um, you. What what is that thing? And if that that had never been invented, how would that affect your life?" Emily, thank you very much. So I'm looking at a. Uh... I'm looking at a, a plant in a terracotta pot. And if, uh, I guess I would imagine the object, the invention here would be the terracotta pot. Okay. The terracotta, the terracotta pots were not invented. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you would, what would be a good thing to put plants in. Yo, wow. <laughs> if, 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 if terracotta pots were not invented, what would be, what would you do with your plants? just ceramic of any kind but like it's, it is would that count like if the idea is that like i would so the, okay so here's the question right i would look to my left and i would i look at something and if that thing wasn't invented what would we do right what would we do with that thing or what would we i think it's I, i'm just going to go with terracotta pot because that makes the, the question a little easier to answer <laughs> yeah what would if there were no pots at all what would you do with though where would you put your your plants in Bowls, maybe. Yeah. All right, that'll work. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's the thing immediately to my left. If you, were, like, you said immediately to my right, it would be something better. Be chair, <laughs> I was going to say, like, what would I do if chairs weren't invented? I'd be standing up talking to you right now. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I don't write these questions. They email me over at scottsgoodconversation at gmail dot com. Thank you, Emily. That that failed miserably. Uh, t- thank you, thank your girlfriend. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> take your bowl out. Put a plant. Take your bowl out. Or there'd be a big pile of dirt with a plant growing out of whatever it's sitting on. Sure, yeah. uh, um, here is a commercial. Injured on the go. Remember, just call Mo. Red Light, Red Light Beer Parlor is Central Florida's home for craft beer. Award-winning in-house brews, hundreds of bottles and cans, all available to you to go and bring home and enjoy. They are located at 2810 Kareen Drive. Swing by today, grab something, give them a follow on social media to see what's up, and support local Red Light, Red Light Beer Parlor. Ah, dinner time. Pleasant, unemotional conversation helps digestion. Don't monopolize the conversation and go on and on without stopping. Nothing destroys the charm of a meal more quickly. Don't discuss unpleasant topics such as gruesome sights or sounds. Do remember simply this. 
The dinner table is no place for discontent. Dinner Good Conversation, a place for discontent. Available wherever you find good podcasts. We are back. Uh, quest number six for you. Wow, that's that's a Freudian slip. Apparently, you're that's a sexy man. Question number six I'm a for sexy you. Guy. Okay, <laughs> question number six for you. Does uh, happily ever after actually exist in modern uh, society? Oh wow, what a deep question! I know, you read right? That question? No, I had stealing off the internet just like Emily does. She was taking Emily's the title, happily, the, the title, the title to that email Emily sent me is a, I, I basically, every time someone asks me if I wrote that question, I say, I steal them off the internet. Cause I do. So, um, <laughs> does happily, let, uh, let me put it this way. Does happily ever exist? Happily ever after exist. You, um, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, you don't, you do not have happiness without suffering. Ooh. And so in order to have, you in order to have joy, you need yeah. to have sadness as well. Otherwise you would never be able to experience joy. So to, in my opinion, that answer is no happily, happily ever after does not exist. Oh, you're making not me sad. truly anyway. You, you, you still need, you still need something there to go wrong in order for you to feel joy overall. I guess, but I would okay. say that I would say that it is possible to have a, uh, a mostly happy life. And I think that that is a, um, I think that's kind of just a matter of what you put out. Like if you're, if you're putting out positivity and goodness, you're going to get that back. And karma is a motherfucker. And if you're a piece of shit, you're going to get shit back. I did believe in karma until the, the current president. And I feel like he's going to get off scot-free and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I, but you know, there's, there's an argument, there's an argument to be made there because I, I honestly, like there, there are so many things going wrong that if, 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 complacency had continued in this country would there be the social political uprising that's happening now without it i I would say that the answer would have been no and i think there would have been a lot of there would have been a lot of unanswered and unresolved issues with this country that would not have been talked about because there wasn't a pandemic and because there wasn't a shithead in the white house love it love it could you you could debate that with because the world is in such a weird and negative spot that now we are able to truly address the evils of the world in a way that we were never able to before. I've been saying um, this complac- for a while. Complacency can do some, yeah. I, I, complacency can do some really gnarly things. Totally agree with you. Like in the sixties, we had riding the streets and people marched and, you know, and um, I, I agree. Like uh, I'm, I'm on board. I mean, my wife and I literally talked about this about four hours ago. She got done exercising <laughs> and she came in and had a little like a, uh, like, oh my God, this is happening. And I was like, yeah, but this could happen or this could happen. Let's work on making this happen. Right. That is a more positive thing. I, I, I try to be a glasses half full type guy most 99% of the time. And I really do believe, you know, if, if the sun comes up tomorrow, we're going to be okay. You know, and uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure the sun is going to come, come up tomorrow. You know, some of us are going to be warmer by the sun and some of us are going to be colder by the sun. But if we collectively go, hey, do, do, you, do you need a jacket if you're cold or do you need to come in the shade if you're hot? You know, I, I think if we just take care of each other, I think maybe we'll be OK. I honestly I don't know. Like, you know, and uh, I yeah. I it's, it sounds like bullshit, but that's what works for me for the most part. And yeah, that, no, I know you're, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, to, to admit defeat is to, is to be defeated. No, we're, we're, so like we're, we're, we're to, by no means defeated. Like, I don't think we are like I, I. You know, are we squished down a little bit more than we are? Yes. You and I, it sounds like you have it okay. I have it okay. 
you know, I, I could be richer, I could be happier, but like all of us could, no matter what. Um, but right. if, if we go, you know, Hey, do you, uh, do you need to talk? Do you, uh, do you need a hug? Well, I'm not hugging anybody except my wife right now. Uh, but you know what I mean? Do you need to talk? You know, I'll air high five you, you know, and if we just take care of each yeah. other and try to lift each other up and say, add a boy, you know, you, you can do it and we're going to be okay. I think, and I, I know those are platitudes, but I, but I believe in those. Like I really do. Like it's, I grew up with a good support system, so I'm lucky. And if I can, I, I feel so strongly about like the podcast where if I, I, I say a couple things and I, if somebody goes, well, that's bullshit, that's bullshit, that's bullshit. But maybe one of those things leaks through to them and it makes them get by at the end of the day, then my job here is done. And yeah. if, 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 if they have a good time and learn something along the way, that's cool. And if they learn nothing along the way and I feel better at the end of the day, then, you know, it's a win on some sort of level. I got two more questions for you. Uh, Hit me. Uh, upon death, you've learned that uh, life was a game slash simulation. And now you may result, you may view three of the results, like three things. You can look up three of, of the, the things that you got out of this, this, uh, this simulation. What statistics are you looking up? Wait, let me see if I can, let me see if I'm, if I'm, if I'm fully so, understanding the question. So, so, so you, I am, I am dying. You, I'm you, dead. You're dead. You're and, dead. And you find out that life is, and, I, and I'm learning, I'm learning it's a simulator. I'm learning. I like was basically like living in the matrix. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to look up the statistics of three things, three things that exist world, like worldwide. Or random things from your life. Three statistics from your life. It's you. It's all about you. And they've been keeping records, but you're only at, yeah. you're only able to ask three of these things. I want to learn. I want to know. Oh, man, I would. <laughs> I want to know. Um, the names. The names of every friend I'd ever had. That's nice. I'd want to know. And, and how I does that count, too, if I like wanted to know, like, the names of every friend I'd had and like also where and how I'd known them. Is that one thing or is that that's two that's things? two that, that counts as two. Oh, then I just want to know the name. Then. Okay. That's one. And then, um, I want to know how much money I spent on alcohol and drugs. <laughs> that's, two. that's actually a pretty good one. <laughs> like how much, how much money I'd like ultimately just wasted. You're going to make yourself say, no, you didn't waste it. 99% of that was a good time. Wise decisions. And then, uh, and then how much, um, man, statistics. And then how many hours I spent driving or in an automobile? <laughs> That's three. Those, those are all really good ones. Oh, I, those, I, are the, those are the, the driving, the driving one like plagues me every day. It's like how, <laughs> how much time. Did I fucking spend in a van throughout my twenties? You know, like ultimately, there was this meme. There was this meme that went around for a while, and it was a, it was a, um, and, it, and it's what really broke me. It was like kind of like it was shortly after I stopped touring, and when I saw this meme, I was like, holy fuck! Like that's like exactly why I stopped, and it like really like it like shook me. I, I felt like visibly, I was like visibly upset after I saw it. <laughs> and the meme was a, it was a van bench seat. It was a hotel room, like a bland hotel room, <laughs> a 
a green room in a venue, like mm-hmm. a like a backstage room in yeah, a venue. Yeah. Not glamorous. And a, yeah. And a and a veggie tray. Those are the four <laughs> images. And and at the top at the top it said uh traveling the world but somehow not seeing any of it starter pack. That was, that was the name of the meme. And I saw that and was just like, oh my fucking god. Like, I've been I've been so many places and like those were the only things I could like that's like actually the shit that I probably really saw. You know, and that wasn't always that wasn't all the time, you know, like I've seen some crazy cool shit. Yeah, yeah. But like and I'm I'm so fucking fortunate for that. But like also like, you know, days after days after weeks of just like the monotony of driving green room veggie tray uh hotel driving mm-hmm. green room veggie, veggie tray, tray hotel, hotel. like yeah. just uh and like just days of it like the minutiae of that and just like that seeing that was just like like i'm thinking about <laughs> it now and i'm getting like the heebie-jeebies just fucking spooky shit uh, you know what it, it, it's it's kind of one of those like things when you, you you think about it you came right up at the generation where you had cell phones and GPS and think about like five years before you started touring, you know, think about that, that, that was an entirely different world. Oh, I mean, dude, yeah. we were, when I started, I, I, you know, when I started touring, we were, we were 16 years old. We had, that was 19. No, that was 2000, 2000. Yeah. Right yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Touring. Yeah. So like, so that was, I mean, we had computers, but like, we didn't have cell phones. Yeah, there's MapQuest. The yeah, it's like, <laughs> printing out. So you yeah. Have, so you have to start the tour. You'd have to print out your fucking, your binder with all the driving directions from the venue to... The next thing. You know, from yeah. venue to venue. So you'd, you'd play the show, and then you'd like have to find a place to sleep. And so you'd ask around, or you'd maybe get a hotel. But then you'd have to write down the directions as you were going to the hotel that <laughs> night or the place that you were staying. And then, and then drive back to the venue the yeah. next day in order to start the map quest direction to like get you to the next <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that one. Yeah. And, and even that and even that was like spoiled compared to like, you know, people touring in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah. You know, like I'm reading like, you know, our band will be your life and it's like talking about like butthole surfers rolling into like, you know, some fucking city and being like, Where's where's the punk show? You know, like yelling <laughs> out on the street to people and like having to get them to like point you to the direction where the show would be. You know, like I'm I think about that and it's just like I fucking lose my mind. Like, God, man, I don't know how, like, we are so equipped for this. Yeah. And, you know, and even then people take advantage of it and they, and they don't fully like respect the experience for what it is. It's like, you know, or just fully understand, like grasp the fact that like what they're getting to do is so cool. I'm guessing. You know, and that's, that is just like, I'm guessing you, you probably (laughs) wouldn't give up like, 85% 85% of that though, you know, like I'm sure that the really shitty times were no, really right. shitty, you know, and, you know, and, and that, that's just it. It is like, and those of us who wanted to be, to be musicians who never got a chance, like, you know, we live our life vicariously through those tour stories and through getting to talk to people yeah. that we admire who are making art. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it's beautiful. I, I love the, the independent music scene and the, you know, the punk rock scene and, and, like it's like going to those shows where you can talk to the band where, you know, you, you, you backstage or, or back behind the venue or, or where you, you're sitting at a bar and like, you know, the lead singer, the guitarist will come by and order a beer and you go, Hey man, I, I, I dig your record. Thank you so much. Or you go buy a t-shirt and that band is there like, you know, hawking their shit, you know? And, um, oh, yeah. I, Dude, I, 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 I wouldn't trade any of it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade any of it for, any, for anything. Even the shows that like, 
my first band, my, or one of my older first bands, the progress, like, you know, we played a, you know, we played a show in Kansas city to the sound guy. <laughs> like even the bar, even the bartender left, you know, like there was no one in the room except the sound guy. I like, you know, and I wouldn't, and then we drove all night to get to, to Chicago the next day, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like to hang out with our friends that we'd had in Chicago at the time. That was 2002 or 2003. You know, like I wouldn't trade that for anything. I can you literally know, like, hear this smile on your face when you're talking about that. You know, and that, that's, that's the thing, <laughs> you know, back at the time it was probably fucking miserable, but you probably played your asses off and you had a good time and, you know, you probably worked new songs and played, you might've played a cover or something, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we just practiced. We had yeah, that was basically what we took it as. And yeah. then, you know, and like, but that's like going back to what I said earlier, like there's no joy without pain. So like, yep. you have to have the bad experiences in order to get you to really appreciate the super good ones. And it's like, if you were in a band and all of your experiences are good, then, and like you see this with some bands that just like get propelled into this like massive status and then you'll meet them and you can, and, and this isn't every big band, but like I've definitely met bands that are like very, very popular and you can tell that they have only ever been very, very popular. And so their opinions about touring are just incredibly entitled. And it's just like, <laughs> they have this, this feeling that it's like, that like you could just tell they never had to, to fucking leg it out. They never struggled. And it's just like, because of that, there isn't that like, appreciation for where they are and what they where they've gone you know there's just this like expectation of what they think they're supposed to receive and that is dangerous because that breeds like going back to even further to what we were talking about that breeds complacency and that breeds uh um just uh, like entitlement and i think that's uh that could be that could be a very scary thing you know it's like and, and you know, like the bigger the come, the harder the fall that's like the other thing too so it's like if there isn't that if there isn't that attitude of like you know, having worked really hard for it and like yeah. seeing the rough, the rough side of it and like building your way up and earning it. And then if you just like propel yourself to the top and then your career ends, which everybody's, it's got, yeah, and we're all, we're all good. Point. There's going to be know, a like downward spiral of everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it just, I could only imagine just how hard that would be. I mean, it was, it was hard for me to, to step away for a while, you know, and I was, and I was in a position where I kind of chose that myself, you know, it was like, okay, now it's time. Now it's a good time to take a break. You know, like that's, it's like even stepping away from that it's just like oh fuck you know like you know it, it, like I, it it's probably like a now you've got a clear head and you're making you're making the record that you wanted to make you know when you were i don't know but how old were you when you started the band but like you're making it's like you're starting over again which is which has got to be liberating yeah. and it's got to be fun and you're looking at it through the eyes of that guy who who you know toured who played for that roadie you know, the sound guy who, you know, who's, who spent the time in those vans and slept on floors, you yeah. know, and hawked the t-shirts. We've and, all done it. You know, and, and, yeah. but you also have all those stories and all that education and all, all, you know, like, and, and that's, what's great. And I, I, I fucking love it, man. Um, last question. Um, who do you know that I don't know who should come on the podcast? See, this is where I get you to go through your Rolodex in your head and give me, um, uh, people to be on the podcast. See, it's it's a trick. This whole thing. Who is do based, I know? Who based, do I know that? Who do I know that should be on the podcast? Mm -hmm. um, did someone tell you that I? Did anybody tell you that I should be on the podcast? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I actually just kind of dig your band a little bit, so it's so like I, you know. Oh, that's, it, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, that's you know. So yeah, I, got, I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm a fan. So the, yeah, yeah. So I, but uh, I, I, I did. Should, um, huh. You know, I I have a buddy, and I just met him. He's a, he's a mutual friend, 
Um, his name is Atiba, and Atiba is a uh, he's a pretty legendary skateboard photographer and videographer. Um, but he's also just like a renowned photographer. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he's a super Atiba Jefferson is his name. He's super friendly, really nice dude, a great conversationalist. He loves he loves to chat. He's just like a, a really excellent human being. And my experience with him has been extremely limited compared to the um, the closeness that he is with like a few mutual friends. Um, but like, you know, a really telling thing about his personality is like I I had kind of posted something looking for some assistance. I was trying to find um you know, if there were any skateboarders who were into it, into it over it, because I wanted to do like a collaboration with a skateboarder. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I don't really know. A whole, I love skateboarding and I, I love watching. I've never skated my entire life. I've always just been a huge fan. It's the same with hockey, right? Like I'm such a huge fan of it and I just never learned how to do it. I'm a total club. But <laughs> so I, I put this, I put these feelers out there and, you know, I had a, several friends who were buddies with Atiba hit me up being like, you should hit up Atiba. And so I reached out to a, a mutual friend of his, um, who I'm really close with and was like, Hey, look, like, you know, do you think Atiba would be interested in talking to me? And, uh, and they set it up and, and Atiba and I got on the phone and we chatted and it was just a really awesome conversation. We really, you know, very, it was only like a 20 or 30 minute talk. Yeah, yeah. He barely knew me, but he was willing to, he was willing to stick his neck out for me and talk to me. And I just think he'd be like a fascinating person to interview, um, just about his life and his story and his history. And like, he's, what's his name again? Friendly and really cool. And, Atiba Jefferson. Give me a favor, like so uh, like A T I. Like I was gonna say, like uh, reach out what? to him and uh, do me a favor, reach out to him and see if he's into it because I don't want to bug him. This is this pretty sure. much what I do is I just kind of leave it in your hands. Like uh, I'm just lazy, so, so uh, <laughs> re, re, remind it's me. Your podcast, man. Yeah, I, I know, gotta, but but I don't want to work. Come on, let's just come on. I've been doing this for four years. I'm exhausted. You don't want to make records. Ew. <laughs> um, speaking of which, uh, remind the kids where we can find the new record because when this. Uh, Mm. episodes drops that's what the kids say drops if i was p diddy i'd so say drops. Be, uh, so what, you, how can we find this thing the, if you live in the united states mm -hmm. if you live in the united states it'll be on uh, triple crown records website if you want to go to my website i can also point you there it'll be into it over at.com if you want to go to the band camp you can probably pick it up there it's into it over at.bandcamp.com if you want to follow me on instagram or twitter which will also probably tell you where to get the record your instagram is really great by it. the way you have a beautiful instagram Thank you. It's very well curated. I haven't yeah. been posting. I've been go, going pretty busy with stories lately. I haven't been really doing the uh, the actual the actual posting. I interrupted. Stuff. I'm just kind of I'm holding sorry. off until yeah. so we start talking about the record. But so, um, but yeah. So that's where if you live in the Europe, uh, Europe or the United Kingdom, you can go to uh, Big Scary Monsters. It's the record <laughs> label that's doing it in the UK and Europe. And then if you're uh, in Japan, I believe you can hit up Stiff Slack, which is a record store in Japan, which will. Um, carry the record there. I don't know how many of your listeners are from Japan, but if they are, they can find it there. I got some people. Um, otherwise, uh, there's a song streaming right now on all your favorite streaming channels. It's called Living Up to Let You Down. And I will have sent out a, I'm actually releasing a flexi on Monday, Monday the 6th. It's the first way to listen to one of these songs. So if you got one of those, that's really rad. Um, there's 500 of them and I was actually assembling them during the course of this entire interview. So, uh, <laughs> I didn't know. You know good so for you. You're some, good. At, you're good at hunting shit. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Did you have fun? Time. Was this okay? I'd, I'd like to assume it's not your normal interview. Yeah, this was a blast. Good. Cool. No, Peter, man, for sure. This is killer. I, you know, like I, you know, I'm just chilling home in the Tuesday and get some wine, just talking shit. It's great. Give me, give me, <laughs> like, give me like a, a second and a half. 
Um, hey kids, uh, while I got your attention, uh, I want to remind you that I got a Patreon and I would love for you to go take a look around there. It is patreon.com slash scotching good conversation. Uh, look around. There are, uh, pictures of behind the scenes shit. There are, uh, um, uh, blogs. There are some pictures of me naked. That's the actual truth. There is pictures of me in high school wearing a dress. That's the actual truth. And, uh, uh, basically I, I, I update every couple of days. So you get to kind of see what's going on behind the scenes of this organization that we call Scotchy Good Conversation. Any money I make over there, goes directly back into making the podcast little more interesting for you, the listeners. I also got another podcast called Dinner and Good Conversation. It's a lot like this, only we eat food on the microphone. So if, if, if that sounds like intriguing, <laughs> that sounds, it's that sounds awful. a lot of people think it's a, it's, it's a lot of people think it's a bad idea. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I think it's hilarious. And here's, here's why it's great is because my wife is involved and um, we talk to like local people who make food and art and beer and wine and we we sit and we have oh. we have dinner and uh, um, we basically it's a dinner party where you get to listen to us chew. It's called dinner. Good conversation. So I have a, I'm sorry. I have a suggestion for you. Then. Yeah, with that, me. With yeah, that yeah. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you. No, no. You're, you're doing. Uh, so my friend Tanner. Uh -huh. Tanner is a uh, we're bandmates, actually, but he lives in Orlando. He's been on the he podcast. A... <laughs> He's been on the podcast. Oh, you've done Tanner. <laughs> yes, he has. Okay, great. <laughs> Have you done? Have you done dinner? Dinner and good conversation. He, he, well, he's been on Have dinner. You been to a coffee shop. He's been on dinner and good conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, he was in. Yeah. Uh, you blew it. Is that the, is that his band? Am I wrong? Yeah. So yeah. I, I produced. I produced the two. You blew it records, but we also just started a new band together. That, that's uh, so funny. Yeah, Tanner's been on dinner and good conversation. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, he's yeah. my boy. That's. Uh, I was going to say you should hit up Easy Luck. Like, go to Easy Luck in Orlando. Have you been in Whippoorwill? <laughs> like, where where his uh, his shop is? Because it, it's a beautiful little little uh, beer bar, and uh, yeah, I'm fond of that beer spot. That that's uh it's it's truly an independent little cool section of town and uh tanner's been on dinner and good conversation that's so funny it's such a small world like it really is he uh yeah yeah he's sat yeah, in my so living I, room i yeah. actually i i actually like haven't been to orlando since he opened his shop so it's, it's seen, charming you know like and all the yeah i mean all the dudes down there especially him like cause when he when he quit that band or when he stopped when that band kind of like fizzled out that was the thing he'd always wanted to do. And you could tell he was like really passionate about opening up a coffee shop. And you could tell when they were making their last record that that was something he was really excited about. So the fact that he's opened a small business and he just bought a house, which is great. Yeah. Um, e easy luck that the whole spot is really cool. And, uh, um, we, we are super big fans of what they do over there. And like I said, it, it's such a straight, you, 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 you say you produce these records. It's what a small world. Yeah. So on that, so, so keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Drop. Give me, give me which one more second. You blew it full length. I was, yeah. <laughs> um, the haunting theme of Scott's Good Conversation was written by my buddy CJ Mask. He is a musician, and normally he'd be on the road right now. Uh, so if you need a record produced or um, uh, mixed or mastered or you need a hired gun, he plays like every instrument in the world, get at me. I will get you at him. If you enjoy the theme, uh, CJ is he, like he whipped that out like like in a day. <laughs> so he can, do, he can do pretty much anything. Um, if you enjoy the podcast do me a favor hit the share button that really helps me a lot leave a review subscribe give me a phone call 407-446-4955 here's the end thing listen uh times are weird and um i don't know when they're not going to be weird for a little while so uh, take care of yourselves and take care of the people around you 
Um, hydrate, drink a lot of water, okay? You, your body's mostly water. Go outside, you need sun. Go outside, climb a tree, pet dogs, ride bikes, and for the love of God, remember to breathe. PFT Media Production.